All right. Well, hey, Super Don, how you doing, buddy? Hey. Are you ready to go live? I mean, me some apricots right now. Are you having some dried apricots? I am. These are freeze-dried bonuses for uh, my best friend, Super Don. And uh, some of you have gotten some, too. Want to hear or maybe take pictures before they're all gone. Let me tell you about my best friend. <laughs> we got a great show lined up today. First hour, Kirk Elliott. We've had his banner up, and y'all probably didn't know what that was all about. But you want to do some what we call wealth management. You want to access uh, uh, what we call uh, precious metals that exist uh, well before the Federal Reserve System tried to denature money. Can we say it that way? Yeah. So we got Kirk Elliott coming up in a moment. We also have uh, questioning about the lockdowns uh, impending, apparently. And there's a whole lot of other stories going on. Did you hear about the middle schooler that was kicked out of class because the teacher didn't like he had a patch for like the Gadsden flag? You know this? Don't tread on me. You know this one, right? Mm -hmm. Snake. Well, they said it was based on slavery. Uh, again, It was more, racist. More uh, uh, reconfiguring history for a woke agenda that is not actually grounded in real history. Uh, so we'll get to that as well. Let's see what else. we got a question of the day coming up. It's a little bit related to snake venoms and dogs and, 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 and rabies vaccines and stuff. And, uh, man, there's a lot of good stuff. And, by the way, COVID uh, adverse events to the shots, don't even bother trying to submit them to CDC anymore. They don't want to hear it. Uh, no, it's not just me saying it. That's not yeah, saying Those it. are so yesterday. But yeah, right. Like, we don't need to monitor that anymore. Uh, all that and a whole lot more to cover on the Robert Scott Bell Show. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. It's August 30th. We're almost out of August. Can you believe it? And heading into the Labor Day weekend. Let's uh, let's have a good time with that. The healing is on, including economic healing today. Go ahead, Super D. Press play. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, now, we got to crank up a lot of uh, uh, stories to cover before the end of August, and September begins, and people are starting to think. I know a lot of kids have gone back to school as such, and um, they're dallying about uh, more mask mandates, uh, the so-called president is claiming that there's a new jab that they've uh, invested in. They want more of your money to, to make it real. One that this time will work, acknowledging now the other one didn't, uh, as if this is going to be much better. Um, I guess the question is also, uh, if we're talking about a lockdown 2.0 scenario, what other ways can they lock you down that it isn't even related necessarily to pretend COVID? I guess that's the question as we open up. We got uh, Kirk Elliott standing by for the first time, I believe, on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I might have talked with him. Before. I've, I've certainly talked with him a bunch at, at events. He's a great guy, very intelligent in the realm of economic health. I call it economic healing, right? Health, freedom, healing, liberty, and that includes the economics and uh, our ability to manage, our ability to interact with the economy as well. And that's part of my discussion as we open the show today here at robertscottbell.com slash listen. If you're in the chat room, hi, how you doing? Welcome. Glad you're with us. Comments, questions are always welcome. The first article from the Brownstone Institute is a question by Jeffrey Tucker. Are we facing lockdowns 2.0? And as much as uh, uh, Super Don has been overt and saying, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not that uh, uh, they're not going to try. As I said, they are trying. They're trial ballooning this stuff. The question is, will they succeed? And, you know, in this article, he brings up some of the concerns that I have. And I, I think, Super Don, you might have as well. 
thinking about uh, the percentage of the population that are true believers that are still wearing masks uh, and, and want everybody to have to wear masks and distance and shut down and lock down because they're so afraid of life itself. You wonder, why don't they just take themselves out and leave us all alone? And, and I'm not telling them to kill themselves. Just go off and live where you think you're germ free. Find that place on the planet. You live in an aseptic apple juice container box. Make that into your new home. How about that? <laughs> make that the like the mini house you get to live in yes. from this moment. The tiny forward. house, yes. Yeah. Make That's it actually out of a thing. Tiny yeah. houses. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying make it out of an aseptic apple juice box and leave us all the hell alone. Yeah. Uh, the people that want to, to mask us. Uh, it's not happening. And I think that there is more resolve to your point, Super D, and others are saying so as well. Rob Schneider is out there tweeting on it. It's like, uh, you know, hell no, we're not part of that cult, that weird death cult, the masking cult. And yet they're attempting to do it, as uh, Jeffrey uh, Tucker points out in this article. It's not like they don't want it to happen. But my expansion of this discussion of what they call a lockdown is economic. And I think it, it themes well with where we're going to go this hour because, Super D, what if they instituted – uh, central bank digital currency and wiped out your ability to use cash, for instance. Now, we've discussed how weird it is, like San Francisco and L.A. have their city council meetings and say, we want to uh, prohibit uh, retailers from um, only going cashless, basically, which is like weird because you, you think that they're afraid of touching paper money, for instance, because yep. it's, it's all got cooties on it. But the reality is they are worried about the poor that don't have access to banks and digi digital cards, you know, uh, debit cards, et cetera. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. I don't want to discriminate against the poor people either, anybody. But they would be happy to discriminate uh, against people who have the means to be part of the banking system but have no interest in being part of it. That's not their concern. If, if, if everybody was given a debit card, poor people especially, then they would be happy to go cashless. So they're not based on – they're not – they're not based on basing. Their yeah. So, yeah. Principles. So if they figured out, they came out with some way in order to yeah. be able to give the, the, uh, the, the, uh, how I, I hate saying that, but the poor people, the poor people, yeah. right. You know, yeah. it makes me sound a little bit the uh, economically challenged. Yes. If they found a way to yeah. solve that problem. Yeah. Then they, then they, yeah, then it would all be about, it's convenient, right? Oh, it makes it so much disease. Yeah. sense. Right. So yeah. That, yeah. The difference in terms of a, a philosophical or principled stance against let's say cashless societies for purposes of protecting protecting privacy and things like that that's not what they're going for they're like right. poor people can't they don't have these things so we, we don't want okay good i'm glad you care about poor people so much that you're what willing to to give them the opportunity to use <laughs> reserve notes to buy stuff what but kind of effect did the lockdowns have on the economically challenged people oh it was, and how, it was, how how about yeah. this how many people became economically challenged as a result yeah. of the lockdowns. You Politically created more correct. poor people. Yeah. And, right? And we would argue on some le level the left, as they are Marxist and communist, like more poor people because then they become more dependent upon centralized bureaucracy, central planning, et cetera. And, and this is where I get into also the economic expansion of lockdowns. It's not just about masks and, and COVID. I mean, they'll use it if they can get away with it. But the most efficient means to lock down a population is simply – Make their money worthless. Y your money's no good here. Not in a way where you go into a store and they love you so much because you've done something good to the community. Your money's no good here. Here for free. I'm going to give you a gift. That's not what I'm talking. Your money is literally no good. You can't spend it. And we've seen that with digital uh, currencies, that concept of central bank digital currencies, even before we have them fully, completely, the classic example of the last few years is the, the Canadian truckers, the protesters, and anybody that contributed to them. 
they were locked out of their bank accounts. They couldn't access the money that was technically not digital, but it was digital, right? Are they actually printing up Federal Reserve notes at the Federal Reserve, or are they just digitizing them through computers into some kind of artificial reality? Now, how do they strengthen that concept because they want to go after all the cryptocurrencies? And I'm not a crypto aficionado. I get the concept of it. And if it's truly decentralized, I'm, I'm all for competition in currency, much like Ron Paul's bill many years ago, the Free Competition in Currency Act, which basically says, you know, people are free to choose what they want to exchange as a means of, you know, economic interplay. If, you know, you want to buy it with a chicken, you want to buy it with a duck, you want to buy it with a Federal Reserve note, you want to buy it with a piece of gold, piece of silver. It was, you know, completely in that realm, a free market for money as well. So people say, well, that's too chaotic. Well, you know what I think is chaotic? Relying on the viability of a Federal Reserve note to have purchasing power tomorrow based on their penchant for printing it or artificially not printing it, but pretending they're printing it. Am I confusing anybody yet? <laughs> Super Don, anybody? Uh, what? Follow me. Exactly. Follow me here, though, to the digitized, fully realized digitized <laughs> uh, digitization of money where it's controlled by a Federal Reserve IMF World Bank scenario that can only actually fully engage if they have you or if you acquiesce to a digital identifier, a digital ID, which incrementally the real ID is moving us that direction, which is why I've spoken out against real ID ever since I learned about it. That initially passed in uh, 05 and still here we are in 2023. And every year you see them change at the TSA. You will need this real ID to board an airplane. And they keep putting it off year after year after year because the states are going, no, we don't want this. Now, some some of it's rooted in principle. I remember uh, in Utah, I think back under a previous governor when Obama was president, the governor and the, the Republicans in Utah stood against real ID because, oh, they perceived it, it was an Obama thing, even though it wasn't him, him that passed it when it, it was a Bush uh, at that point. And then when uh, Obama was out and Trump came in, uh, suddenly it was like, oh, real ID is good. And they, they, they folded over and went, yeah, real ID for Utah. So even the Republicans, as much as you'd like to believe they're people of principle, are not often not that. Once again, I bring up that it's not exclusive to the leftist Marxist. There are, uh, let's say, centralized bureaucracy, power-loving Republicans that don't have principles of limited government and freedom in money, for instance, much less freedom in your identity, digital identification. So the digital ID would make inevitable, possible and inevitable, the digital currency to be able to lock you down without a germ scare. Simply, hey, man, you wore a Gadsden flag T-shirt, buddy. Remember that money you just got from your whoever was employing you? It's in your bank or is attached to this digital identifier, your ID. It's just lockdown city until you come in for a re-education uh, session like they did with uh, Jordan Peterson in Canada. And then maybe we'll relinquish a little bit of it to you. It's a, it, you know, at any level, it's a disaster for the future of America, much less the freedom of anybody. It's the ultimate lockdown of your freedom. Bobby Kennedy was running as a Democrat, certainly not as a modern Marxist Democrat, but more of his like his uncle and his dad, as they call it, a Kennedy Democrat, also agrees and would defend the freedom uh, of, of those that want to use you know, cryptocurrency and is not in favor of a digital currency. Now, this is not me agreeing with everything Bobby Kennedy says, but you know what it is about anybody who else do you agree with 100 percent of the time on this planet? That's is that's the litmus. And we're never going to get along. But my point is finding those things that are really critically important for the cause of freedom. Lockdowns because you're afraid of germs is as bad as lockdowns because you're afraid of having real money. What does that mean? What is real money? 
Coinage Act of 1792 described it as gold and silver. Of course, our founding documents described it. No, no thing uh, shall be made a tender for payments except, you know, gold and silver. And yet we've strayed far, far, far from that. It used to be that the Federal Reserve note was not a Federal Reserve note. It was, for instance, a silver certificate. You know, one dollar, if you presented it at the bank, it represented one ounce of silver or one dollar silver piece. And, you know, when you had uh, notes, again, they represented something that was on what? Deposit, in deposit. So it was easier to exchange the paper. This is the history of banking. You know, they figured out the scripts, the IOUs. It's like, you have on deposit here, here's this. People started trading those and they said, wow, the bankers got wind of this and said, they're not coming for the actual gold. Let's just write more of these things. Fractional reserve banking. Now, the question is, are there any reserves at all? Uh, G. Edward Griffin in his book, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island, I think he argues now it's not only not federal, but there are no reserves. There, I mean, are there? Who knows? Have they done an audit of, of Fort Knox in, in Kentucky? Is there anything in there? Do the Federal Reserve Banks have any gold? Where is it hiding? And why aren't you uh, utilizing the things that our founders recognized as real means of exchange? And the thing is, people say, well, you know, the price of gold and silver changes all the time. Well, I would argue that it's the price, if you will, the artificial price of the Federal Reserve note that is changing. That one ounce of gold is still one ounce of gold. That didn't change. That one ounce of silver is still one ounce of silver. And in that way, you know, I've talked about the goldbacks being a much more desirable means of exchange and trying to teach people that, hey, you can decide if you want a paper that means nothing or you want something that has gold in it. It's not on deposit there. It's, it has it. So that leads me to our guest this hour. And he's been on the, he's been speaking to a lot of people. He's super intelligent. In fact, he's got a PhD. I think he's actually using it for good purpose though. Not like those ones uh, promoting uh, lockdowns and shutdowns and injections and masks. I don't know what their PhD is in doofusness. <laughs> That's not this guy. Let's welcome from uh, K&E. Uh, we have a link to them, their banner, a special link to access what they're doing. And if you want to know about their consulting redesign, check it out. We've got him on now, Kirk Elliott. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Kirk, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm just on a little bit of a roll here because I love this topic. It's part, of, even though as a homeopath, I focus on health and healing, but I take those principles in health and healing and also apply them to the body economy as well as the body politic. I think that those principles are supersede and underlie all of these things instead of isolating, oh, well, there's the exception to the rule. Uh, I think we have to have integrity and money as well. Well, we, we do. And we're losing that. Well, not only are we just losing integrity and money, we're losing integrity as a nation. Right? I mean, yeah. so, so here's where I, I heard your, your speech or monologue, whatever you want to call it, you know, in, in preparation for, for me coming on. It's like so spot on accurate, right? Because when we look back to what, what the founding fathers wanted, you know, they, they set up the federalist system, right? States' rights. And if states could do something, it basically mean the federal government couldn't. And if the federal government could do it, then, then the state shouldn't, right? That's There's separation of powers and duties. Well, well, we've got a lot of stuff that the federal government does now that they shouldn't do, um, obviously. And that's why we have $32 trillion worth of debt. But you look back, 1776, our nation started as a country, right? Uh, what was our debt on day one? Well, zero. We, we didn't have time to spend like drunken sailors yet. So, so you go all the way to uh, President Obama. Okay. So from mm, 1776 till let's call it 2011 timeframe, right? It's 
the the national debt went from zero to 11 trillion. So that took like 240 years. Right now, in, in about the last 10, we've gone from 11 trillion to 32 trillion. So what took 240 years to accumulate 11 trillion, we've actually doubled that and then mm-hmm. yet gone up again in just the last 10. We're, it's, it's out of control. Now, here's where a borrower is a slave to the lender. It's time that we actually sadly have to pay the piper. It's not, it's not that I, I want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's just math. It's just, it's unsustainable at this point, right? And so, so who else actually sees that? Kind of the rest of the world sees that, that we've, we've actually amassed too much debt. We can't pay it back. So case in point, um, two weeks ago, Fitch's, the rating agency that rate bonds, you know, corporate bonds, government bonds, they, they downgraded our status from AAA as the U.S. Treasuries to AA+. To how can we be the world's reserve currency if we don't even have the highest credit rating anymore? We, we, we truly can't because the world's reserve currency we've had since 1944 with the Bretton Woods Act, but that basically said all international settlements between countries have to be traded in U.S. dollars to add stability to the international financial monetary system, right? So, so we've had that since 1944. Fast forward to 1973. Well, you had a breakdown in Bretton Woods one, then they got Bretton Woods two. You got Nixon pulling us off the gold altogether, yeah. becoming a fully fiat currency and only being held together by what gunboat diplomacy, our threats of or protection, for instance, the Saudi kingdom trading oil and dollars because we provided, you know, it was like a protection racket. We'll be the mafiosa. Yeah. We'll keep you safe. Right. Our military. Right. And it's like, wait. Does the Constitution provide for that? Was that what it was written when we said we needed a you know military in times of war? Uh, you know, there were some things that went far awry as the bankers uh, began to take over much earlier than this point in history. That's the point of the moment we became a nation. You had what Hamilton arguing for a centralized bank. You know, so it, it's like this has been a uh, a fight since the beginning. Yeah. See, we used to have gold backing to our currency prior to, to the Federal Reserve Act in ni- early 1900s, right? So mm-hmm. 1913. So so what did that mean? So let's look back. Let's take a step back in time. Back then, if you had a $20 bill or one ounce of gold, the one ounce of gold on those Liberty or St. Gaudens coins, they say $20 on them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were fungible currency. You could go to Sears or the bank or whatever was around back then. But the question is, what would it buy you? What was the purchasing power of that $20 bill or that one ounce of gold? Well, you could buy a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes, right? That's what, that's what it would buy you. Fast forward to today, 100 years later. Um, what does 20 bucks get you? I mean, seriously, you, you can't even go to Chili's for date night for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when you get buy one, get one free, right? So, so um but what does one ounce of gold get you? At $2,000 an ounce, still buys you a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, tie, belt, and shoes, right? It's maintained its purchasing power over that 100 years. So first and foremost, look at gold or silver as an insurance policy against a collapsing currency. That's it. But we get growth with it, massive growth with it, too, because of the inflationary pressures that we're seeing in the world around us because they're printing money out of thin air to fund every stimulus under the sun, 
to, to raise the debt ceiling, to pay for entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, women, infant, children programs, food stamps, military infrastructure, everything. They never have enough money, right? So, so you know, people sometimes argue with me because back then and before 1913, we didn't have fiat-based currency. It was mm-hmm. a gold-backed currency, right? Well, then the Federal Reserve Act, we technically didn't have fiat-based currency. Yet. It was, a, yeah. it was the step that they needed. Just as I said, digital ID is the critical step for them to implement digital currency. right? Yeah. And so the yeah. Federal Reserve Act was the step to destroy the integrity of the monetary yeah. system in America. See, because we still had gold backing-ish because countries could request gold for payment from each other until Nixon closed that gold window in 1971. Mm -hmm. So for a brief period of time from 71 to 73, we were completely fiat based currency. There was nothing backing it anymore. In Mm -hmm. 1973, the, the petrodollar was initiated. So we went from gold backing to actually oil backing, backing, right? Right. Because all oil settlements traded in us dollars meant there was built in demand for our currency because other countries had to use the U.S. dollar. That allows us to, to really ramp things up and, and add tens of trillions of dollars worth of debt. And people still want our currency because they needed it for oil. Do you oil remember uh, in the, what, the late 70s, early 80s in particular, uh, to mid-80s, when Reagan became president, there was a Congress, two congressmen I'll bring to your attention. You probably know the story. One, we all know, Ron Paul. One lesser known, except in our community, Larry McDonald. Mm-hmm. Larry McDonald happened to be on KL 007. They got shot down by Russians, you know, as they were crossing the peninsula or whatever, whatever that, the strangeness of that. But what were they doing? What was Larry McDonald doing? Uh, he was uh, guiding the Reagan administration saying, hey, listen, dude, we, we don't have an independent treasury anymore because they had stopped printing any lawful money of account in the United States, gold and silver. They, there were no silver eagles being printed, uh, uh, minted by the, the Treasury, no gold eagles of any kind. And he said, that, you know, under the law of nations, we cannot be a, a nation officially without an independent Treasury. And got Reagan to, uh, you know, begin to reissue in that time frame uh, the gold uh, eagles, which are $50 denominated, not 20 like they were in the past. And then the silver eagle program, et cetera, came out. And we had some semblance of uh, under the law of nations and independent Treasury. Now, uh, here's where it gets very interesting because I've known uh, many people that have decided I would rather be paid in real denominated dollars that are actually not represented by paper as nothing, but actually that. And people have been paid in that. I've been paid in that for years as I've, my son is now 23, gets paid in gold uh, to to work instead of being paid in Federal Reserve notes because it's just uh, participating in a fraud, in a deception. As G. Edward Griffin has said, you know, creature from Jekyll Island, these are not the Federal Reserve is not federal, has no reserves. It's not technically a, a part of the U.S. government either. And it's weird because the appointment of the, the you know, the the chairman of the Federal Reserve uh, is, the you know, considered what uh, part of the IMF and the World Bank as well. These are private banker banking consortiums. And and to participate in that, I think, is to participate in the demise of our own country. So I'll go further than maybe you're willing to go. I don't know, Kirk, we haven't talked about this, is that you should stop being paid in Federal Reserve notes and demand being paid in real specie uh, context of, of gold and silver. And then that way you have a different relationship as well with a an artificial government that's not de jure, but is de facto at this point. Yeah. And it's a ruse. It's a deception. And, uh, you know, I just throw that out for your consideration discussion and you throw back at me whatever you want on that. No, I love that concept. And. I'm, I'm, I'm a hard asset kind of guy. I mean, I love tangible 
money, you know, Austrian economist, right? So, so here's where we're getting to that point. I think mm-hmm. we're going to get to that point. We're not quite there yet, but, but in this, in this step, you know, we, so we had, we didn't have fiat based money because we had petrodollar backing until like recently, we just basically lost petrodollar status in my opinion, because of what's happening with the BRICS nations. Right. So, so now, and I'm going to explain why, but if we have no backing to our currency, whether gold or oil, we're no different than any other country on the planet where they print too much money. The rest of the world no longer wants it. Let's, so let's take some examples, Venezuela, Argentina, Cyprus, Greece, Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. uh, Germany after world war one in the Weimar Republic hyperinflation, one of the you know greatest of all time, right? It's like good grief. We're no different. If you have no tangible backing and you print your money, like it's monopoly money, the rest of the world loses demand in it. You have way too much supply devalues the the currency. That's ultimately what true inflation is, is too many dollars chasing too few goods. And that's what we've got. They're printing money like there's no tomorrow. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so here's where we are. So what have the BRICS nations done? So they want to be the world's reserve currency, the BRICS nations do, but you can't just step up to the mic. If you're Putin or or Xi in China and say, "Uh, excuse me, world, uh, we're going to be the world's reserve currency. It's like what doesn't well, work not unless they militarily take over and defeat the United right. States at that point. Because as you said, our precedent for being the world reserve currency, one, the perceived stability of our economy, the freedom associated with uh, a different type of governance, which we haven't really lived up to fully, of course. Uh, and again, the might of the military as yeah. they reject dollars for oil. And the BRICS nations decide, you know what, we can exchange in Renmibi or whatever, you know, these other currencies. Again, the, the strength of our dollar that is fiat diminishes almost overnight. And that's where all of you in this audience have never, unless you've lived through the Great Depression, you know, 1929, what happened, you, you don't experience what happens when you have a sudden loss of purchasing power. I mean, there have been inflationary spirals even recently uh, that have hurt and are hurting people and their ability to buy things. But you've not experienced what you're talking about in terms of hyperinflationary spirals, no. even though arguably we've been in semi-hyperinflationary spirals, mini spirals that seemingly ebb and flow a little bit where you're like the $5 a gallon gas you like was a shock a few years ago. Now people are paying it and going, Oh, well, that's where it is. And it's sort of like a social experiment. But what you're talking about is what I don't think m- most Americans are prepared for, even no. if we discuss it historically, what does that reality look like if you do not have real money that will maintain or gain in value when the paper collapses? See, Venezuela in 2020, you know, most recent hyperinflation, uh, they had a million percent inflation in a year, which means a, a million dollars is worth like a buck 12 no. months later. Okay. Immediate destruction of your currency. In Germany, after World War One, Germany was the big kid on the block. They were like the United States of the time. They, you know, World War One, they bombed the living daylights out of everybody. They had a vibrant stock market, real estate market, advanced society. I mean, they were they were kicking, right? It's just really good. And then Treaty of Versailles came around after after World War One and said, Hey Germany, you got to repay your war debts. And they said, What? We thought we won this thing. It's like, why, why do we have to repay it? Because international doctrine and order said they have to, right? So, Which, so what did they do? They abandoned the gold standard. Mm-hmm. So the the Renton mark is what it used to be, it was backed by gold. And they said, No, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of this gold backing, became the mark. Now, 
within a year and a half span, the inflation went up uh, well over a billion percent, right? And so mommies and daddies couldn't afford to feed their babies. They were they were putting them on the steric steps of, of fire stations. They were being paid in wheelbarrows full of cash twice a day. So a loaf of bread didn't double from lunchtime to dinner time. I mean, that's how bad it got. So what happens to society during that time? No different than what would happen to society now. Under extreme crisis and duress, when people can't feed their kids, when they can't pay their rent, when they can't pay their mortgage, when they can't pay their utilities, when they can't survive, um, they they will willingly give up their freedoms in exchange for perceived security and peace, right? So what happened after that? Hitler came to the scene. You know, he showed up at the dance and said, hey, everybody, he campaigned on a campaign promise of hope and change. It's like, mm-hmm. I've heard that before. Obama's exact slogan. It's like, mm-hmm. dang, they went back in history and pulled out the Hitler campaign promise, right? So, so anyways, he campaigned on hope and change and said, I'll fix it, vote for me. What did they do? The, one of the most evil dictators in the history of the world got elected by people by their own choice. He didn't have to hold a gun to their head and say, vote for me or else. They said, okay, you take it, fix it, just fix it. So the vulnerability of the people that are hungry is that they can be controlled by promises of just, I will feed you. Uh, And look at what happened in Venezuela to make a more contemporary example. As you said, very recently, you have people eating their pets to survive. Think about you own cats and dogs, y'all. You would never in a million years think that that would ever happen, that anybody loves their animals. And yet when you're confronted with life and death, things change. What you think is right and wrong changes. Women, married women with families selling their bodies just to pay or to buy, get food. You're talking about the entire wholesale destruction of what what you think is a moral code in in a country theft like we see smash and grabs in california and other areas where they've instituted this idea that there's no uh consequence to to thieving uh it's a preliminary sense of the the economic let's say uh challenges i'm, I'm saying i'm understating it here about certain segments of our population i think that the governments the leftist marxist governments have partaken in in, in instituting that as well but suffice it to say these people do not think in terms of right and wrong they think of what can i get because it's rigged against me and you yeah. think about a system rigged against you when you can't all that you've been working for you have all those federal reserve notes you're getting paid in and they're in the bank and then suddenly tomorrow they're worthless yeah what then i mean so when when we talk about things like this people say it's not going to happen in america are you kidding me it's like really covid well, was a test it was a test to see how willingly we would give up our freedoms. Mm-hmm. Firmly believe that. Because what's coming next is worse than COVID. Uh, that's the loss of our financial freedom, the, the uh, ability for us to not be able to buy or sell a transact when, when we want to, with whom we want to, on what we want to, right? So, so they found out during COVID, people will give up their freedoms. Because what if I were to tell you this is, let's say I worked for the Federal Reserve of the United Nations and I'm and I'm their salesman. And I said, hey, America, if I got a deal for you, uh, we're a government-run digital bank that has the ability to cut you off from buying or selling if we don't like you. Um, you want in? Who would say yes to something so stupid? Well, that's exactly what they're selling. Mm-hmm. And so they have to create a crisis that's so bad. So we're starting to see this fraction. The BRICS nations rising up wanting to take away our reserve currency status. How are they doing that? 
by having a trading block that's upwards of 70% of the world's population. They just had the BRICS meeting in Durban, South Africa last week. Um, and the speculation since July 7th was that they were going to have a BRICS common currency backed by gold. And people said, ooh, Kirk, you're going to like that gold backing. He said, no, I like it if it's a real currency, not if it's central bank digital currency, because once you go in that door, it's like a horror movie, right? Where where there's always the stupid kids that are walking down the dark hallway. They see the locked door. And it's like, hey, let's let's go in that door. It's like, don't. There's a monster back there and it's going to eat you if you go in, right? That's how I feel about all of this. When people are lining up mm-hmm. in cities across the globe, in Tokyo, in, in London, in San Francisco, and 30 other cities to get their retinas scanned, to get mm-hmm. Sam Altman's world coin, their central bank digital currency, right? So, so here's where... What, what, so Putin, so this, they said, the the Russian embassy said in the Russian Times on July 7th, we're excited about a central bank digital currency in the BRICS nations backed by gold. No need to really speculate on what they meant, but that's exactly what they said, right? But then two weeks ago, you know, a week before the meeting, Putin changes it. He basically did an about face and said, well, we don't know if we're ready for a central bank digital currency with the BRICS nations. So here's my proposal. We're going to just trade back and forth with our own currencies in the BRICS nations, but not use the US dollar. It's like, oh crap, he didn't just do this, right? So so because a, a gold-backed currency of 70% of the population caused gold and silver to go through the roof, it would be the slow death to the US dollar as demand would go to that currency because it has tangible backing, right? Mm-hmm. But once you go in that door, you're never getting out. And I'm going to explain why. Because central bank digital currency is programmable. You're not getting it out. It's based on ideological views mm-hmm. to determine whether you can spend or not, right? right. So, so Putin, he didn't want the slow death of the dollar. He wants the immediate death of the dollar. So therefore, how about we just say all these currencies trade with amongst themselves in their own currency, zero demand for the U.S. dollar. It's like, wait, it's the only reason why we can print as much money as we have because we're, we're the world's reserve currency. For it. They, they want to take it, right? We're, we're, so, we've exported our inflation because others have taken on our debt, including China, which made us vulnerable because – you know, we were buying all the cheap plastic crap from them. And then those, they're taking those dollars and buying up yeah. land in America and around the world. And yep. suddenly have beachheads everywhere and avowed enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, how brilliant was that? And guess what? Democrats and Republicans have participated in this for a century or more. Yeah, to, for absolutely for a century or more. Mm-hmm. Right. So so Putin being OK, here here's the thing about about Putin when, when he's, and I'm not saying he's Mr. Truth teller extraordinary, no, but he's a crafty he's dude. He's not stupid. No, but he's not stupid. But when he talks, he's speaking from a position of like a posture of power, right? It's not just because he's arrogant, narcissist and smug. Mm-hmm. It, there's, there's a difference here. It's like, so what he said two weeks was we're going to trade in our own currencies, build up our currencies, have no demand for the dollar. And because what does he want to do? Double edged sword coming out of his mouth. They're going to build up their own currencies, diminish the dollar, no demand for the dollar. That's going to force us to print money like there's no tomorrow. And then how do, how do policymakers slow down that inflation printing money, raise interest rates? He could kill the dollar almost overnight by this. So kill the dollar slowly, kill the dollar quickly. They chose quickly because last Wednesday, when, when the BRICS meeting started, the very first night, what does Putin say in, in his smugness and I'm, and I'm watching this and thinking about it. And it's like, 
and it and it dawned on me it's like he knows something that the rest of the world doesn't know it's not just an arrogant smugness it's like i know something and i'm about to lay it on you right um where when biden speaks it's from a posture of weakness and this is just human nature because when you're lying about something there's this internal part of human nature where it's like i'm not going to have the strength of conviction on talking about it because i know i'm telling a lie like when he says unemployment rate is coming down. We're, we're adding more jobs. The economy is strong. We're winning the war on inflation. I mean, A, that assumes that he's coherent. You can understand what he's saying to begin with. But when he does speak, it's from a posture of weakness, not a posture of strength. And I'm not saying that Putin's always telling the truth. But in this one, he actually was. Because what comes next? So what he said the first night of the BRICS meeting is, the dollar's receding global centrality is an objective and irreversible process. So what did he just say? The de-dollarization of the world is the objective of the BRICS nations, and it's irreversible. We're not going back, right? So, so why could he say that? Because the G7 nations, you know, the United States, Canada, Germany, United Kingdom, Japan, right? The, the Western economies, they are 30% of the world's global GDP. 30%, okay? The BRICS nations before the meeting <laughs> was 31% of the global economy, right? And then, then Putin goes on this like angry cheerleader mode, right? So mm -hmm. he, he starts talking about illegitimate sanctions seriously weigh on the international economic situation and the unlawful freezing of sovereign states' assets. You know, he's just like cheerleading, right? But who's the audience? The audience is 20 countries that want to they're admitted want to be admitted to the BRICS nations and 60 heads of state that are thinking we kind of want to be on part of this winning team. They've already got 70% of the world's population. They have they're surpassed the G7 nations in global global productive output, right? So they're he's giving the speech and so what happened 2 days after that on Friday they added two more countries to the BRICS nations. It's no longer BRICS, it's BRICS plus, according mm -hmm. to Goldman Sachs. So they added the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia to the mm -hmm. BRICS nations. So now, these not are two only key, have, uh, two key countries for global dollar head, head, head Germany, uh, are they say? Are you, I mean, seriously, this is wild. So not only do they have manufacturing superpower, collectively have a massive military, collectively now have political clout, and they just added two of the largest oil producers on the planet, which de reduce with 70% of the world's population in the BRICS nations no longer using the U.S. dollar for petrodollar. This is why I said the petrodollar is done at the beginning of the show. We, we've now actually become like every other nation on the planet where we have to have discretion on our printing. But it gets worse than that because those were added immediately. But January 1st of 2024, they said we're going to add some more. We're going to add Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, and Iran. So that's now six of the nine biggest oil producers in the world are going to be BRICS members nations. Putin, when he made his statement, wasn't like a sucker punch. Mm -hmm. He went for the jugular and he hit it, right? I mean, they, they got it. And I, I hate to say that because I'm an American. I want a strong dollar. I want our economy to be strong. But you can't have that with our with our stupid, basically, dare I say, satanic political 
views yeah. that are that are coming in laws and legislation. And so so here's where it starts to get squirrely, right? For everybody that doesn't understand central bank digital currency, right? So you can go, how long has this been going on? I would say it was foretold 2000 years ago, Revelation 13, it says in those days, no man, woman or child can buy or sell unless they take the mark, right? So what is central bank digital currency? It's the ability to buy or sell based on your ideology. So if we go back to uh, August 9th of 2019, Federal Reserve Docket OP1670 brought forth the FedNow app, right? So they talked about what this new app is going to be, 365 days a year, 24-7 instant money transfer, and they defined what money is, right? And so it's a store of value. It's a medium of exchange. It's an account of common measure, right? You have a $20 bill. It's got a unit of exchange. You hope that it's going to be worth 20 bucks tomorrow. It, well, so you can go to the grocery store and, and yeah. use it for exchange. That's it's, what money is. It's anything right? but a tangible asset under that definition, though. In fact, they would openly be hostile to anybody that held on to or utilized gold and silver, for instance, as a competition to their uh, world domination plans through phony fiat economic yep. uh, methodologies. And, you know, this is where we come back to uh, strategically. And we've been having, I think, a grace period. God has granted us a grace period where the, the your Federal Reserve notes can still buy stuff, although it's diminishing and then it stops and starts. But what you're pull, putting out here for everybody to consider is the rapid uh, de-dollarization, oh. which what that means for you and what can you do about it moving yeah. forward, not waiting 5, 10, 20 years from now. That's what, it's too, too late. But you still have a capacity to do something about it. We don't we don't have that much time because they've they've set a timeline. They act the United Nations actually set a date for completion of this process, right? And so so what did they say though in 2019 on this Federal Reserve docket? They said there's a fourth function of money. Hmm. And it's a means of social control. It's like yep. what? Social control. Mm -hmm. oh, how could money be social control when you control the purse strings? and based on people's ideology. So fast forward just a few weeks after that, right? March 9th of 2022, ensuring responsible development of digital assets. President Biden um, or occupier Biden <laughs> signed executive order 14067 that said, we're gonna have central bank digital currency in America. Now, March 29th of 2022, Dr. Pippa Malmgren at the World Government Summit in Abu Dhabi, she's the chief economic spokesperson for the World Economic Forum said oh, central bank digital currency is is right right underneath our nose this was before it was even really a thing right mm -hmm. and she said it's going to be programmable money programmable money meaning we can cut you off from buying or selling if your digital social profile esg if your company social credit score doesn't match up to what we want it to be it's like holy cow she just described revelation 13 right but then it gets worse so march 6th of 2023 just this year Bank for International Settlements releases Project Icebreaker. What is Project Icebreaker? It says, unless the use of funds matches up with our ideology, we're not going to allow bank wires. So then you go to May 31st of 2023, Bank for International Settlements. Again, and I encourage every viewer of this, go to BIS.org and type in these, these keywords. You'll see they're bragging about it. It's, it's Yeah, they're not project. hiding this. It's they're they're not point. hiding it. Not it's not like... Bilderberger meetings where it's, you know, for decades, it's like cloaked in the shadows using code words. They don't even know who the members are. They're absolutely outright bragging about this stuff. Nobody gives a flip, which is, which is wild to which me. Which is where they want us. 
It's where they want us because I was flipping through the stations during the BRICS meeting, CNBC, ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN. Nobody's talking about it. Like literally nobody radio silence. And, and it's like, this is the biggest economic news of Mm -hmm. the generation. I mean, this is big. It's a global shift in the economy. So project Aurora, which was May 31st of 2023 said, we're going to actually have real-time transaction monitoring of every person, every company, in every bank, in every country. It's like, okay, that's everybody that has a bank account. Why do they need real-time transaction monitoring? To see if your ideology matches up, so you see if your digital social profile, social credit score mm-hmm. measures up, right? So programmable money. This is weird because what does that mean? It means you can program it, anything. You can change the owner of it. Here's the scariest part to me. You can change the expiration of money. So let's say yep. <laughs> they wanted to stimulate the economy. We need you spending. Okay. We don't need you sitting on that money doing nothing. Get nope. it out there and spend it or else it expires next nope. month. Exactly. No longer yeah. printing money to expand the economy, raising interest rates to slow Force it down. To spend it or lose it. Use it or lose yeah. it. So they can yeah. say, hey, Robert, it, December 31st of this year, your hundred grand you have sitting in your bank account that you saved to rainy day or your retirement, use it or lose it. So you have to use it. That would stimulate the economy if everyone has to do that, right? But what happens January 1st? You now become a slave in their digital system because you're completely dependent on them for a debit and credit system to survive because mm-hmm. they made you use all of your money, right? So so now they've added the, the, the Bank for International Settlements again, a unified ledger, which means it's going to pack it together, all of your real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, everything that you have, your bank accounts, into this tokenized process. Now, tokenization is the process of packing up data into uh, a usable form, right? So Bitcoin is tokenization, but on a decentralized blockchain means you don't know the source of funds, you don't know the use of funds, you don't even know the owner. It's completely private. Now, fast forward to this tokenization on central bank digital currency. They control the data. They know the the source. They know the use. They know who the owner is. It's become the ultimate loss in privacy and actually ultimate loss of freedom, not Mm -hmm. just privacy because they can cut you off from buying or selling. So it gets even worse with their deadline, right? So the United Nations Secretary General Guterres said in March of 2023, he said, I propose that the General Assembly provide the Secretary General in the United Nations system a standing authority to convene and operationalize automatically an emergency platform in the event of a future complex global shock of sufficient scale, severity, and reach. What is a global shock of that scale and reach? They tell us in the next paragraph. It, what could trigger that emergency authority, a major climatic event, future pandemic risk, a global digital connectivity disruption, a major event in outer space, or a generic unforeseen risk, right? And it goes on to suggest that the UN would have the power to oversee all the stakeholders of the world. Which who are the stakeholders? They tell us. Academics, governments, private sector actors, and international financial institutions, banks, right? So, so then they said, and like in COVID, you know, th- it was supposedly finite. It was a finite problem. Their emergency powers act are supposed to end. But this one says the emergency authority would have an initial finite lifespan, but the UN would be able to extend it indefinitely if it saw fit to do so, ultimately losing all our freedoms, going to central bank digital currency. By September 15th of 2024, 
their goal, biometric ID tied to all bank accounts on a global digital ID. September 22nd of 2024, UN Pact for the Future. They have a big shindig where they show the whole world everything they've accomplished, right? So here's where you go back to that Hitler story, right? Economic crisis so bad, banks failing, stock markets failing, can't pay your mortgage, you know, everything's going bad. Oh, we've got a solution, central bank digital currency where we can program money and stimulate or slow down at will, right? It's like, okay, well, and if you we'll, can fix we'll, it, let's take it. We'll it's not what it's all about. They Don't will incentivize you, Kirk. Yeah, I know. They will incentivize you. I mean, the people that didn't plan are going to be vulnerable and they'll say, hey, in fact, we're going to deposit 10000 whatever into your account for nothing, just for, for nothing. being a part of it. And you're like, oh, free money. This is where we've been corrupted into believing you can get something for free. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Didn't your mama tell you that? Didn't you get taught that? And people are, are lost. This is the smash and grab generation. This, this has nothing to do with fixing a system. Not at all. It has everything because they, the people it's, coming with the new system are the same people that had the old system. Mm-hmm. They don't, they want the old They're system to break to so they can usher in complete people control. If you want to control a person, you control yeah. what they buy or sell, you yeah. control that person, right? So, so, so folks, this is where they're going. Mm, please get your head out of the Federal Reserve note sand and see and yeah. hear what Kirk's telling you, what I've been trying to tell you for a long time, little bits here and there. And this isn't fear mongering, as you point out. These are revelations right from their own words, mouths, and writings. That's why I know what I know, because I just read what they were saying they were going to do. And then they went ahead and done it. Now, they have extended the deadlines out as people have not played along or, you know, there's resistance. So we can't say hard, fast by that date. Definitively, that's their intention. intention. Just like real ID, they extend it out, but they don't give up. They wear you down over time. Now, Kirk, in the time we have left. While we still have the time, while their Federal Reserve notes can still buy them stuff. If they go to kirkelliotphd.com slash RSB, we have it linked. We have a banner in the notes today. We have a banner every day on the show. How can they access what you know to help them to stabilize and not be a victim and vulnerable to those? Yeah. We're going to give you free digital currency and lock you down forever. Yeah. So, and, and, and I think they're going to make it really hard to say no because they're going to give people universal basic income exactly. as part of that care. That's what I'm saying. They're going to give yeah. you stuff for free. So, and go, oh, yeah. that's great. I don't think it's a one-time gift. I think right. it's ongoing to force compliance. So how do you compliant. get out of that system? You have to not be a digital slave in their digital world. So what's not digital? Gold and silver, to me, is the best option for not just for financial freedom moving forward because it's digital. It's not reportable. It doesn't have – It's honest. A, it's honest, and, and you, according to the founding fathers, you know it's it real money, money, right? It's, it's, it's money, actually yeah. real money. So, so you allocate into that. Now, it's not just about freedom; it's actually about we want to invest because we want to buy low and sell high, right? You want to be in the right place at the right time and maximize your return, minimize your risk. Silver over the last week and a half. No, sorry. Last week and a half, it's up probably a buck fifty. Over the last six weeks, it's up over 11%. Over the last nine, 10 months, um, silver's gone from 1797 to 25. That's up well over 45%. Well, and try to actually get a silver eagle for that price. You're not get. you're not paying. Yeah. I mean, they're 60, so 70 time. bucks an ounce, but yeah. what I would do is yeah. go into boy, not all gold and silver created equal, sure. right? Yeah. Just like not all dealers are created equal. Not all stores are. Created I want equal, that right? ounce. 
I want that you ounce want- and I want another ounce and I want, you know, and in terms of uh, uh, equitable, if you call it, I hate that word because the way they've destroyed the word <laughs> equity and altered it. But the idea is to get the most for the least. Again, yes. the biggest bang for your buck. That's the law of economy. How do we do that? Kirk, you have a system set up to help people do that. That's what I want people to know. It's not 100%. just about warning people. It's like, hey, here's a way. Start now. Don't wait. So call us. And it's seven two zero six zero five thirty nine hundred. Just say RSB sent you, right? Or, or just go to the link that you have provided. And here's what'll happen: you'll talk to one of my client concierge people to ask you some questions, find out what your dreams, hopes, fears, concerns are, and then we'll map out a strategy for success moving forward using tangible assets to get you out of harm's way, out of the path of this hurricane, right? So moving forward, that's the only way to secure a financial future is to secure every single day. Right? We don't have to look to the future and speculate and think, this is the trend that's right underneath us right now. We allocate into it and we'll be, hold your hand through this economy, let you know it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get it out of Dodge, do whatever needs to be done to make sure you're not in this alone. We will help you through it. Now, that's the easy thing to do because it's simple. It's just, you know, you buy gold or silver. You can do it through an IRA. You can do it through uh, an old 401k. Mm-hmm. Um, just brokerage accounts, but we're talking about tangible, not paper versions of the dumb stuff. That's not real. It's hundred ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, one ounce rounds, gold bars, kilo bars, right? That's what we have to allocate into is a physical asset. They respond to different reasons, supply chain disruptions, low inventory. That's where your safety comes. Now, politically, because I don't want people to be gripped with fear, right? It's like, there's hope in all of this. There's already grassroots efforts to actually bypass this federal system, mm-hmm. right? And the stupid FedNow Act and the FDIC and the Federal Reserve and this juggernaut coming down the hill. Texas, for example, um, has proposed state legislation to have a state chartered central bank backed by gold. They missed the legislative deadline to actually get it passed. So now they have to wait till next time. Alaska's doing the same thing. Um, Utah, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, they all have passed state legislation to make gold legal tender in those states, right? So so you're starting to see a move of states' rights. So if I were you, I would call your state legislators. Don't call your national ones. They're not going to call you back. They they don't care, right? So your state ones are usually more responsive. Call them and say, hey, we want to do what Texas did. We want to do what Alaska did. We want state chartered bank in our state. Get out of the federal system. But that's a future tense thing, right? That's not happened yet. What can happen right here, right now, allocate into tangible assets, physical silver that you can use for barter that's growing. And you truly can have a smile on your face even after listening to this show, right? Yeah, exactly. When we talked about bad stuff for like an hour. But, but there's a, the reason I can have a smile on a face and why you can is because you know that there's an answer, right? This we know is the, the path out of this mess. And this is the integrity. problem with America today. Most people are scared, silly, paralyzed by fear because they're focused on the storm. Don't focus on the storm. Focus on the solution. That'll put a smile on your face. That's right. And, and I'm already, as you know, Kirk, I'm out there in retail environments spending in gold and silver everywhere I can to change yep. the behavior. It's not about you holding on to it either. It's about changing the behavior of those in your sphere of influence so that they begin to rely less and less and less on a Federal Reserve that is destined for Weimar 
and more and more on the integrity of local economies as well and hyper local economies abilities to survive this. That's why, again, I've talked about the gold backs as well. Any mechanism that you can to begin to reduce your vulnerability when they say uh, you're locked out and you go, ha ha, I, I haven't been using your system in years. Their power is done. That's yeah. it. Your dependence on them is how they thrive and survive. They want to breed more dependence if you're partially dependent. Look, they've already been social engineering through the tax code for generations. This is long before digital currency, incentivizing certain behaviors, disincentivizing others. This is how these bankers pretending to be out for us, whether they're yeah. Republicans or Democrats, have manipulated culture and society to move further and further away from integrity, more and more away from crass materialism and dependency and ultimately bankruptcy. By the way, the bankruptcy declared in 1933 in Congress, renewed every couple of years, is still ongoing as well. That's on the record. So what you're talking about, Kirk, it's unfortunate we have to talk about it, but I'm glad we finally got you on to talk about it more in depth than I'm allowed to go typically just because I do a lot of other health stuff too, but this is as important as anything we've discussed. Yeah, it's very important. And I will shout it from the rooftop, sound like a broken record, a one hit, one hit wonder, you know, until there's nobody else to listen because it's that important to me, right? It's, mm -hmm. we have to get people out of the path of this hurricane. They, people don't know what they don't know. And no. they will look at the marketing, the messaging behind this. It's instant money transfer. It's going to be convenient. Make your life so good. You know, have nice little commercials with clouds in the sky and a rolling field full of wildflowers. It's like a drug you know, commercial. Exactly. It's, it's, that's not that. It's yeah. actually the loss of your freedom, the loss of your privacy forever. Mm -hmm. Once mm -hmm. you go in that door, you're not coming out. Why? Because they control the purse strings. And if they don't want you to have it because of your ideology, then you don't get it. Ask Nigel Farage. He got cut off from his bank account. Ask Dr. Mercola at J.P. Morgan Chase. He got cut off from his bank account because of his ideology. It's right. just beginning. Folks, diminish your vulnerability. Start transitioning. Now, don't wait. And I don't mean transitioning from man to female. <laughs> That's crazy. That, 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 this is the real stuff. From fake money to real money. And uh, Kirk Elliott can help you do it. Kirk Elliott, PhD. And uh, we have him linked up in the show notes today, as well as there's a banner at the Robert Scott Bell Show website, which you can utilize and they'll plug you in. And again, Kirk Elliott, PhD.com slash RSB, or just mention RSB when you when you call them up at that. What is that toll free number again? 720-605-3900. All right, 720-605-3900. Kirk, I'll have you back on again. Of course, we need to continue this conversation, and I appreciate your candor, your directness, and your ability to communicate clearly on a subject that uh, I've been trying to relate for years, and uh, I think you've, you've, done, you've done a bang-up job in less than an hour. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. All right, Kirk. Well, we'll get you on again, and y'all reach out to KirkElliottPhD.com. Learn more. K&E, we'll see. You'll K plus E, you'll see that that banner at robertscottbell.com for an ongoing start. A little bit, even a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And uh, don't wait for that inevitable collapse and or digital currency uh, indoctrination. <sighs> Folks, we got a lot more healing to do on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll uh, talk about a number of stories. Super Don is... Um, uh, put into the notes there. You can check that out. We also have articles on our sub stack. You can sign up for our newsletter for free. There's also, if you appreciate this information and want to say thanks to us, there's a patron support system while we can. Uh, appreciate all of that. You can just share the show. In the meantime, take a pause. We'll be back in a moment because the power to heal is yours.
All right, while you still can, buy stuff with your Federal Reserve notes, convert them into things you need. <laughs> I mean, I, seriously, uh, I don't think I need to overstate the importance of it after you heard Kirk talk in, in hour one. That was a fantastic journey and not an exciting journey for those of you who, who don't want to see what they have in store for you if you don't plan ahead. Uh, but there are things that we do in terms of taking care of our bodies, right? And the body politic and the body economic, all of that. And that's part parcel to everything that uh, I, I try to bring. I hope I am successful. Uh, bringing that level of commitment, integrity, grounded in principle, spiritual, and otherwise uh, to apply to all walks, all areas of life, not just, you know, where they say, oh, it works there, but not here, here, and here. My journey has been finding out that all the places they say those principles don't work, it's because they're trying to deceive you, control you, own you, enslave you. And that, and that starts a big part with economics, but also the deception moving you away from your true divinity, your origin. And that's another part of this show as well, reminding you. When I say the power to heal is yours, I mean it in all facets of life, but it isn't uh, from an ego perspective. It's because your ego is so awesome. You're so awesome. Or Robert, you're so awesome. Or Super Don, you're so awesome. It isn't because of that in terms of an ego gratification thing. It's about your spiritual essence and connection to divine source. And in that way, you'll have access to ways to navigate through the impossible. But at the same time, like the the the, uh, the parable or story of the flood and the guy who was a believer in God and, you know, and he was told evacuate. He's like, no, I don't need to evacuate. I rely on God for everything. And, you know, the water keeps rising. It's up on his roof. They send a boat. He's like, no, I don't need a boat. God's going to provide for me. They send another boat and the helicopter and he ends up dead on pearly gates. And God, why didn't you rescue me? He said, I send you, you know, people that warned you to get out. I send you the boats. I send you the helicopter. It's that kind of concept here. Take the steps you need. Now, go within prayerfully, contemplatively, use your intellect if you want, intuition, and say, all right, this is what I need to start doing, a little. It doesn't have to be all. A little bit, a little bit. Every little bit is going to help strengthen you and weaken them. Who are them? Those are the guys we talked about that want to own and control you. All right, Super Don, let me bring you into the hour two mix here. As, uh, you know, This is a show that has some level of flexibility when we don't have guests on in the second hour of today. I think it's just you and you, me, and Super D, everybody. You yes, questions, you, comments, me, and Super D. I like that. Wait a minute. What? No. Wait, that's anyway. all of us. Yes. And, and you, too. Wait, who is the you I'm talking about? Who you? Who you calling you? I'm calling you. <laughs> so, People. anyway, Super D, any comments on that first hour? It's pretty intense economic discussion, gold, silver, and the, and the playbook leading us down the road to digital slavery. Um, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Um. Interesting how. <laughs> how I mean how it works. You know, yeah. and the thing is the whole, the central bank digital currency thing is mm -hmm. is uh, I don't I, I I understand the concept of it. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to completely wrap my head around because I, I had trouble trying to figure out what Bitcoin was back in the day. <laughs> it's like yeah. people are trying to pay me in Bitcoin. Here, I can pay you in Bitcoin. I don't want a Bitcoin. What am I gonna do with a Bitcoin? You know, I, I get I can't pay my rent with Bitcoin, you know, whatever like that. Now, now, years later, I still don't, f I mean, I, I understand it more. Yeah. But I sure wish I had taken that Bitcoin. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to go with your gut on things that when you're intellect. A Bitcoin will, back in that day it. was like 20 yeah. bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, it was like, now it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what the value of a Bitcoin is today, but I know it's in the like, you know. Yeah, but Super D, D, there's not a mystery about what would happen or could happen inevitably with a digital currency controlled 
No, listen, yeah. I understand the concept yeah. of, because listen, we deal with that today yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Even, forget Bitcoin, I mean, it's digital. Yeah. Right? Uh, but there's so, control over your ideology, your belief system. We've seen yeah. it because we're banned because we have certain perspectives on YouTube. You know what ir- irritates me is when I walk into a Walmart. Yeah. And have you, you ever run into this where you go to go to the, the self-checkout site? You know, the, the, at least I don't know how they are in the rest of the country, but now they've gotten rid of like all the cashiers. Now it's all this self-service stuff, these kiosks where it's like, you know, they have like one person that's checking people out and all the rest of it is all self-serve. Yeah. It's, it's like, and you, you walk in there and none of the machines are dealing in cash. Yeah. And you're like. That's already, again, transformation to a digital economy. And, and that's total control, total um, let's so, say uh, awareness and transparency of what you're buying. What are your, what are your interests? Sure. You, absolutely. Now, need? now listen, I, you know, I understand how they, they make it, they go with the convenience right. angle on it. Right. Because mm-hmm. check it out. I also have the Walmart app on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm a sucker for convenience. I am. Okay. You know, if I need some or, stuff from Walmart, I might please. just order it and have it delivered to my yeah. door. I, I I do that sometimes. But Super D, there are vulnerabilities associated with that going I, forward. You recognize I, it. I, I, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's all I'm saying. But what here. I was going to say is, you know, what they've got it, everything all integrated. So it's like if I go in mm-hmm. and I uh, I buy stuff with my, my card, right, it will then reflect on my app. Mm-hmm. I will go to my app and I'll go to check out. I order something like that. And it'll go, oh, wait, don't forget to order some of the things that you normally get. And it has a whole list of things that I buy. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, whoa. Hal 9000 is in your phone right now. Right. There you go. But let me, the, the, the point I was long, long way around to getting to it, the point that I was going to originally make. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does concern me that when we're operating with money that is on the Internet, Right. No. You look at how much money is in my account. Right. And you're looking at it. And it says you have this much money, you know, and then the cell tower goes up. How much money do I have? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I uh, my phone isn't working. I don't know how much money I have. You right. That when it comes back on, it's still there. Or have you ever gone into no. a, a store when there's been a power outage mm-hmm. and all the all the all the workers are kind of looking around at each other like, what do we do? Yeah, we, we can't we can't sell people stuff. We can't. We can't take their money, their their cash. They can't right. use their credit cards. You know, every, everything, nothing it's works. A, it's a vulnerability that doesn't need to be, but it's been programmed into us. And, you know, as Sandy asked, I'll put this back up on the screen. Um, I'm trying to feel empowered after that first hour. RSB, can you explain in layman's terms how you actually use your gold and silver in the marketplace? This is a good question. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's um, because, I mean, we, we don't live in medieval times. You don't walk up to the, the, the person with the goat and give them a, a mm-hmm. chunk of silver or a chunk yeah. of gold or something like that. Well, so, I have been for years. And, and, and that's the point of how do you use cash today when you use cash? It's not, it's not a strange mystery. It's the same thing. But now you're offering or tendering something different. Now, I don't do it through force or deception. Because, you know, you have Federal Reserve notes, you can exchange them back and forth and you can go, all right, here's this, here's this. What would you rather have? And if they're an independent sole proprietor, mom and pop business, they'll look in gold and paper and they'll go, give me the gold back. I'm, I'm all in. Now, if you go to Walmart or you go to your bank, FDIC bank, they're going to even know what one is. They don't even know what a silver coin is. I mean, they'll take a silver dollar that's actually worth what? How many Federal Reserve notes in the open market? 
maybe 30 if you can get it for that, maybe 50 or 60, depending. Uh, it's not $1 according to the Federal Reserve, but who's right? What is a dollar? So the value placed in that silver ounce as opposed to the value placed in that $1 Federal Reserve note, you ask, well, what's really a dollar? And you just begin to change by practice, just like anything. It's very foreign. It's very awkward. I'm like, I don't know. A question like Sandy asked is like, I could go, well, that should be, a, this is where Super Don, when I always say, well, shouldn't that be a moment of duh? And Super Don reminds me, not everyone knows what you know, <laughs> right? I've been doing this for decades. And so it becomes a natural extension of who I am. And I have to remember <clears throat> that not everybody has been there or is there yet. But the point is agreement in freedom, contracting in what? How do you want to be paid? How do you want to be compensated? Now, if you're working for a multinational corporation and you're arguing you need to pay me in gold, good luck, buddy. That's not happening because they're so entrenched into that system. But finding people who are entrepreneurs or you yourself becoming an entrepreneur and being able to work in that, in that way is going to change and reduce or eliminate your vulnerability. And, as they, and also growing food printing your own money, right? That's a joke. But the more you are independent or able to enter a change in exchange in your environment, your local community, the less you're concerned about the Federal Reserve note and what happens to it. But the more you are heavily banked and depending on that system, the more vulnerable you are to the whims of those who control it. And then Super Don, the poorest among us, or even the middle class, so-called middle class, will go, you mean I'm going to get a monthly, you're just going to drop these digits in? I don't have to do anything? Yeah, universal basic income. A lot of people go, dude, yeah, free money. Bring Heck it on. Heck yeah, right? <laughs> Yet again, it's to me, it's a spiritual crisis because there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. It comes at a high price. Yeah. Your behavior will determine whether that and did those digits will work for you. Yeah, strings attached. Always, always strings yeah. attached because and, it's if, if they're going to give that to you later on down the road, guaranteed, later on down the road, there's going to yeah. be something that's going to come. They're going to be like, oh, you don't want to comply with this rule or this law or this, this whatever like that mandate exactly you're not wearing a mask we saw it you don't qualify for that anymore now you don't qualify or yeah. that which will give you will suddenly be frozen and no. you can't use it anyway or it'll expire as kirk talked about that's what i'm saying that as much as it's enticing to go well they're just going to give me money every month oh that's so awesome how does socialism <laughs> i'll work? vote for you yeah how does it work right? they they you know in, in the animal kingdom so to speak how is it easy to imprison an animal you just throw some food down every day in a certain area. It's a wild animal region. They keep coming for, for food. You put up one side of a fence. They look at you and they go, well, the food's here. No problem. You put out the second side. Eh, no problem. Put out the third side. You put up the fourth side with a, you know the fence uh, door or whatever you call it. Swings open. They keep coming in until you got them and you slam that thing shut. It wasn't overnight. You program their behavior of their expectation of free stuff. You gave it to them and the people said, yeah, free stuff is real. And it comes with no strings. And then suddenly you're imprisoned thinking you were getting free stuff. And that's the point of what is your level of survivability or survival, you know, spiritually? How do you survive spiritually believing that you can get something for nothing? Now, I'm not saying there's no such thing as charity. I've, in, I've received charity. I've given charity. And I'm not talking about charitable contributions to the Salvation Army. I'm talking about just giving of yourself to help. You've done service for people. People have done things for you. That is not the same as socialism, which is enslavement. And that's something that is lost to the younger generations. And heck, many adult Americans have lost it too. There are those of us who believe in freedom, 
believe in free market capitalism, not crony capitalism, but the ability to, uh, you know, create a new entrepreneurial and, and, and choose how we want to be compensated and engage in contracted commerce in a way that doesn't make us vulnerable or anybody else vulnerable to this enslavement, digital or otherwise. And so it's about changing your behavior. So that's why I say people buying gold backs and sitting on them. I get the reason for doing it because you're also hedging against inflationary spirals. And, and I'm not saying it's <clears throat> wrong to do that. But the idea of the gold back is to get it out and start spending locally. You're not going to do it at Walmart, but at your local farmer's market. And these are going to be with businesses and places like that that are, are accepting it, of course. Well, and they might not right? know about it yet. But, right. but they're going to be given an option if they're an independent sole provider, whatever it is. You go to your local farmer's market on the weekend, Super Don, and you have goldbacks. You offer them that most of them are going, yeah, I want the goldbacks. Now, it might not be, quote unquote, legal tender in your state yet, but the freedom to contract, I think, supersedes that. But that's a whole other, you know, kind of mm -hmm. legal or lawful discussion. But in Texas and, you know, other states, this is already in play. And the point is, start changing your behavior. Don't wait for you, oh, we have to now because now it's do digital or die. No, 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 no. Do not wait. It's kind of like, I'm hungry. I should start growing my food. Too late. <laughs> start now. And, and hey. if it's a little bit of accumulation of, of the stuff through Kirk Elliott and his system, which he's an honest man, he's doing right. A lot of people are working with him and are very happy about that. That's why I wanted to bring that to y'all y'all's attention today, probably too late. I hope it's not too late. I don't think it is. But yes, the times are crunching. And that's not me trying to sell you anything. Those are the writings on the wall of those that are trying to crunch us, so to speak. That's all we're saying. And that's all I'm saying. Just like anything, start now. Never too late, except for now. Tomorrow's too late. Start now. And if it's tomorrow, then start now then. Mm. But the point is start. What if it's yesterday? Then you already started. That's you going to start tomorrow? Yeah. That would be today. Today, Excellent. there you go. Speaking of growing your own food, that's a perfect yeah. segue into an email I just got mm -hmm. from our our newest uh, patron, Daylene. Hello, Daylene. Uh, Daylene wrote in and said, uh, "Hello, thank you for sharing so much information over the years. I thought it might be time I share with you." Super Don, with all of your ripe garden produce, I wanted to share an easy idea. It's called yard sauce. <laughs> yard sauce. She says, "I use a cookie sheet with sides. Every batch is different." Use what you have. Chop up extra tomatoes, all kinds of colors, extra zucchini, onions, or eggplant. I I, I don't do eggplant, but okay. <laughs> uh, maybe a bean or two. I chop yeah. extra parsley and basil. Fill the sheet, drizzle with a bit of olive oil, and finish with salt and pepper. Roast 400 degrees for 40 minutes. Cool a bit. I blend in the blend tech. That must be a blender. Yeah. Uh, for 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Mark your zip bags with the date. Add two cups each bag. Freeze flat. Easy to stack like books in your freezer. Mm -hmm. uh, come wintertime, take out a zip bag, and that is your base for your pasta sauce or to use in soup. Wow. I hope this helps you enjoy your summer garden labor deep into the cold winter months, Daylene. I See, that's brilliant, Daylene. Thank you for that. That's, you know, the using what you have, what you've grown, because it's easy to not use all of it. I mean, we're... Yeah. we're we're guilty occasionally, like, we couldn't get to it fast enough. And yeah. that's a great practical way of making that go and last. And, you know, whether it be canning or freeze drying or, or drying, all of that, that's another brilliant idea. Right. And I uh, love it daily. I've got a whole bunch of frozen tomatoes from last year that are still in the freezer mm -hmm. that I could just take out and use. And we've talked about making soup or, nice. or pasta sauce or something with. Awesome. And the canning thing, too. 
mm-hmm. is something that that we're doing. In fact, today my my wife just recently made refrigerator pickles, which are a different process. Okay, but they're like some Korean style with the chili crisp stuff in them. So, oh man, God, they're they're good. All right, super good. But yeah, thank you, Dalene, for that. And you know what? Awesome. Uh, I love those things. I love I love suggestions like that. I know other people do on the show, so appreciate you sending that in. And if if anybody else has any like ideas like that, you know, mm-hmm. things that they do with their food, food prep recipes, yeah. stuff like that, feel free to send those in. We'll we'll highlight those on the air. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's exciting. Thank you. There's a story I didn't get to last hour briefly on about glyphosate. I was just interviewed uh, for. Another online, I don't know what they call these things, webinars or things like that. And it was about depression, in fact, oh. and, and anxiety and all of that. And, and, I, and I went to the gut link, gut recovery link, and we'll talk about the expanded chapter as an ebook of, from Unlock the Power to Heal on Gut Recovery. Uh, but glyphosate is now linked to severe depression and cognitive decline in, in U.S. adults. Peer-reviewed study released by a group of scientists in Taiwan revealed a strong link between severe depression Cognitive Decline and Exposure to the World's Most Used Herbicide, Glyphosate, published August 22nd uh, in Environmental Research. And, you know, another reason why I'm using what? The uh, NRDMG from uh, Nutritional Frontiers. And I don't know if that's on sale this month. I think it, it, I can't really keep up with them because they're on so many. Like they got Jamie Dorley's birthday sale and all kinds of things. But I know that each month we have special discounts anywhere from 5, 10, 15, sometimes 20% or more at nutritionalfrontiers.com. And I think, uh, yeah, we had the Jamie Dorley birthday bash is 55th. We'll get them on, I think, next week. We'll have them on the show. But there are uh, uh, deals going on through this month, August, about to expire. And you get to double dip because you're on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Use the code RSB15 when you go to nutritionalfrontiers.com or cbdnf.com. RSB15 gets you 15% off even sale items. And that includes, as I mentioned, the NRDMG, um, we're using so many of their products, and those of you who know uh, what Judy Mikovits recommends, including um, the, what, what is the the food blend, and I got it in chocolate now. It's really good, um, but you have all kinds of options there. They're doing great work. So check out Nutritional Frontiers. They've got a big upcoming professional event uh, early October in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. There's the NRDMG, Summer Focus, Time to Move. So that that is on sale. It is on there, yeah. yeah. So you can get a double dip, dip discount on the NRDM. I, I like the lozenges because I travel a lot, but they have the liquid as well. And it's in a number of their formulas that binds the glyphosate and brings it on out or uh, protects you in some degree. So uh, it's just another reason why you've got to go clean er on what you're eating, please. We'll be at the Biomed Expo. Uh, Christine Glein will be there with me. And she'll be speaking. Paul Baratero will be there with me. And he's going to be speaking on hydrogen as well. And that's uh, the 14th through the 17th of September in Las Vegas, Nevada. I hope to see you all there. Uh, it's an easy trip in for most people, or if you're local, even greater. And uh, it's inexpensive relative to a lot of things out there as far as hotel costs, et cetera. Then we have the uh, Healing Strong event uh, coming up at the end of September, 29th and 30th, Houston, Texas. I'll be doing a, a workshop there. There's the professional training event with Nutritional Frontiers, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. We got the Your Health Freedom Symposium. That is the, uh, let's see, 6th and 7th, I think. Or is it the 7th? It's 6th and 7th, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there it is. And that'll be in the Salt Lake area. I'll be speaking at that with Jared St. Clair and many others. October 14th and 15th is the big one, the Health Freedom Expo in Tinley Park. And 12th and 13th is the Trinity Live event. But go to TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com, plug in, become an exhibitor if there are exhibits left to do or 
you want to support it or be just be there with us, it's going to be an amazing event as it always is. TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. And then we're going into the uh, November events already here. And that's a big one. In, and there's a lot going on. But Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, Heal Your Family Naturally with Drs. Terry and Stu Warner, Bobby Kennedy, Kevin Zorbo, Judy Mikovits, and more. And uh, uh, my friend Kimberly Overton with the Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing. Then we go into February of next year. So there's a lot coming up. We need to add some into the mix, Super Don. Remember, there's another Patriot event north of Portland across the Columbia River that I've got to work on getting up there in the upcoming events as well. We did a, a video preview of that we put out on social media as well. So thank you to that or for that. Uh, do we have the connection to IPAC-EDU, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler? Because that's a banner we have up for everybody, we right? We do, yeah. There are so many extraordinary things there. Talk about improving yourself, your intelligence, your ability to navigate so many, so many topics. Not, and it's not just all pure, quote unquote, sciencey stuff. We're talking literature and history. We had James on last week, Dr. Jack and uh, Brad Miller as well. The course offerings are amazing. They're wide and varied. And uh, if you go look at this from psychology and wellness, health and wellness courses, analytics, biology, environmental regenerative science, public health, law. You know, we've talked about the thing that Dr. Robert Verkirk is engaged in. It's going to be amazing. Um, there's also spring, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff being offered throughout the year. Yeah, scholarships too. And they do. And, and the thing yeah. is, it's very, very inexpensive for what you get, what you will learn. And you will be right now realizing how it's, imp how important it is to empower yourself with knowledge. It, and it's not necessarily about getting a degree as I talk about, because much of what they teach you there is uh, biased and corrupted with woke ideology and Marxism in these universities. You can learn the same or more without the woke ideology and Marxism, the real stuff, through IPAC-EDU.org. And uh, super Check done there this one out here. That's the Robert Verkirk one. I want put, Go full screen on that. This one. Oh, Open my gosh. Up. It's so amazing. Um, life medicine, a new paradigm for multi-system health regeneration. And that's aligned with the Alliance for Natural Health. And we talked briefly about that with Dr. Jack. And 160 bucks is nothing to learn the things you're going to learn over weeks on that course. So that's another thing I want you to invest in, your own knowledge, your ability to navigate this world when you won't be able to rely on these institutions that have failed you, maybe by design. But the point is, there are good people doing good work to get you that education. IPAC-EDU.org, uh, TrinitySchool.org. I mean, there are great folks, body, mind, spirit medicine, not medicine technically, but you know what I mean. That's all there for you. And I'm grateful that I can bring that to your attention. Six days a week, you know, Super Don. Thank mm -hmm. you for being here with me. Surviving six six days time. a week. Who else does six days a week? I don't know. Does anybody? We're crazy that way. For years. Yeah. Heck's wrong with time. us. I know. <laughs> well, I think we got smarter when we started to pre-record the sixth day or the first day of the week, so to speak, the Sunday event. But anyway. You wouldn't trying. have it at one point. You were yeah, hardcore there resistant. for a long time. I was resistant. You, you know, look, I'm, I can be stubborn too, Super Don. You're not the only one allowed <laughs> to be stubborn. I can remember back in the day, it's like, well, you know, uh, Monday is Christmas uh, mm -hmm. or Sunday is Christmas. Uh, you know, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe we could just go on for 15 minutes, maybe, you know, okay. just you know, let people know we're here. Do we Merry take, Christmas. Do we take Hanukkah off eight days? No. <laughs> Oh my Robert, God. it's your birthday. I know, but 
Yeah, I'm driven. It's true. That's all right. No, yeah. dude, that's that's the reason why you've been doing this for 24 years. A lot of people would have burned out and yeah. washed out by now. And they do. Yeah. They do. I mean, there aren't a lot of, of, of talk show hosts because, you know, that's where you started was in radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we evolved with the times. We did. We doubled and tripled and quadrupled and quintupled down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and here we are still not running out of things to do and say. And I still I don't think I've lost my passion for what we're doing either. either. It just ramps up more each day. And, you know, you guys being here, it helps, you know, that we're not only talking to ourselves. <laughs> that helps. So thank you and welcome to the United States and world of health talk media. And uh, it's been quite a ride, and we're still riding. So thank you for that. And thank you to all our, our new patrons, new listeners, new viewers, et cetera, for being on board. A message I, I, I tend to believe is empowering, ultimately, even as we navigate some, some acknowledged scary-type stories. But they're not just made-up stories. They're actually based on fact. And um, very often, you know, I'll be talking about this stuff years ahead, and Super Don's still scratching his head on it, like, what are you talking about? It's not because I'm smart and he's not. It's just where I have spent a lot of time and energy in learning and digging deep on. And the moment, Superdon, you turn your great big brain and start researching it, it's like, holy crap, dude, what you see and know, and, and you're able to, to ga- grasp it as well. So It's, you know, I wish I could do that full time. Yeah. You know, but I have, I, I, I time is a commodity for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very picky. Yes. On, on what it is that I, I spend time on. Yeah. Um, so, and I have to, I have to, you know, there has to be time for family too. Right. Which is something that I put more emphasis on over the years. I didn't yes. do that quite as much in the early years. No, I'm with My you. My family we, forgot who I was. We've, we've been there because we're so passionate about doing this job and doing it great. Yep. And, it, and it doesn't even often feel like a job because it's, it's a great joy to do what you love to do and what you're good at and even expand along the way. And I, uh, I wish that for everybody to find out what is their passion and, and find a way to, to make, make their world work with that passion. I think that's at least in part the design by God that we've been convinced that it's not and that we you know, do things that we hate to do just to get a paycheck. And that's not fun. I, it was hard for me to do that in my early years. But I learned from it all. I think we've all been there. Yeah. yeah. Or are still there. So Some do you, people, do you, you see this about this Colorado middle, middle schooler kicked out of his class because he was wearing this? He I wasn't did. wearing it even. It was like a little a, a patch on his backpack. Yep. He said, don't tread on me. Now, I don't know. Are we prepared to play that video or are we just going to talk about this? I don't mind either way. But I don't have a video. So, so apparently the mom contacted uh, Connor Boyack from Tuttle Twins because this kid is a fan. The family's a fan of the Tuttle Twins, which we have had a banner up for a couple of years. Uh-huh. support of what Connor and they are doing. And so he's learned a lot about real history through the Tuttle Twins, including his favorite book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. And so he knows about this stuff. And yet this dunderheaded middle school teacher was not as smart as the 12-year-old student at Vanguard School. They was told to remove the flag because the Gadsden flag is, 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 is racist somehow. Originated but, with slavery. Which is not actually <laughs> the case. I mean, this is a this is a born of the revolution. A, a bunch War. of slave owners got together and started right. a club. Yeah, uh, no, that's not what this was. No. So, um, as you see here, the woke ideology, the Marxism, the conversion of people uh, from learning to being indoctrinated into false history, 
or no history. Again, this is why I didn't like history in grade school and high school and even university because m- much of it was propagandistic and it erased a significant part of the context of history, including, as I've said, the fact that they erased homeopathy. I mean, which, which grade school, middle school, high school, or university acknowledges the history of medicine in America and includes herbs and homeopathic medicine and things like that. Naturopath. It's not there. It's not being taught. And so this is the kind of thing we're seeing now, a kid that has gone outside with his family's assistance to learn things that he's not being taught in the, the public school system or even many private schools, gets accused of a crime that he's not committing based on the ignorance of history of a woke middle school teacher who wasn't taught real history. Apparently, the teacher says that it was uh, disruptive Don't to tread the class, on yeah. the, uh, the patch. Mm-hmm. It was destruct- disruptive to the classroom environment. Yeah. Um, I don't know what kind of school this kid goes to. Mm-hmm. If it's anything yeah. remotely close to, like, the school that my kids went to. Yeah. I got to call BS on this teacher. Right. Disruptive to the classroom? No. Are you not- have you seen some of the things that kids wear to school? The 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 emblems and the 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 t-shirt uh you know designs and the stuff and the are you telling me a snake? Yeah. A, a snake on a, on a, on a on a flag is going to be disrupted that the right. classroom said that they could not focus on on today's lesson on on uh, men can get pregnant yeah. because uh, there was a Good snake point. patch on this kid's backpack. How many kids even know uh, this flag, the don't tread on me flag at all? They probably look at it and don't even, oh, there's a snake on it. Oh, I'm afraid of snakes. Okay, maybe that's disruptive. But and no, that's I disruptive mean, to the class? Again, yeah. Sorry. look at Not this stuff it. that kids wear yeah. to class. And you're telling mm-hmm. me the whole class just, just felt like they had to run uh, for cover because he had a patch. It yeah. wasn't even a, like a big shirt. It was a patch mm-hmm. that was disruptive. All right, let's talk about adverse events and the obligation of our regulatory agencies, whether it be FDA or CDC, specific to injections, uh, to monitor those events and, and uh, pick up on patterns. You know, they've, they've dismissed the VAERS reporting system as, uh, you know, it's not real. There's no causal validity to it. It's just self-reporting. But the CDC is now refusing even its own V-SAFE program. If you want to report an adverse event, to a COVID injection, they don't want to hear it. They say, thank you for your participation. Data collection for COVID-19 vaccines concluded on June 30th, 2023. So are they still giving those shots? Yeah. Why would they stop monitoring adverse events? Oh, that's old news. Yeah, we, we, we don't need that. But you can, you can submit it to VAERS. Oh, you mean the system that you say is bunk and BS that because it's just passive and unverified? You won't take this information, the V-safe? No? No, nah, that expired. We're not interested. Superdome, what do you think? I mean, is this a conspiracy theory? Or is this what actually happened? Brownstone Institute's reporting it. They don't go off half-cocked on this. They are apparently... No, I've seen this yeah. in other places, so I yeah. know it's real. Um, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, there's a reason why they put this out there. Um, why would they not want this to be something that they're going to collect data on? Yeah. Aren't they saying that uh, there's a new wave coming soon? Yeah, keep hearing about it. Don't you wave. think this kind of data would be important, especially if you're getting ready to roll out a new... Like a new injection? Uh, a new injection yeah. uh, for the 
the dangerous Canadian strain. Mm -hmm. the, I think it's because Justin Trudeau uh, wore blackface. This is the this is their penance, uh, you know, years ago. And Canada now is being blamed for the next wave of COVID. As BS as it is, but again, yeah, as they're rolling out, this time the shot will work, Biden promises, right? Just send us more money and we'll make sure everybody gets it, whether they've had COVID or not, if they want it or not. Again, authoritarians, totalitarians, these people are disgusting. I don't mean to be mean, but I mean, how else would you describe people that want to force you to engage in experimental injections of yourself and your children and then not even allow for adverse event reporting on it? It's pretty disgusting, don't you think? Uh, in this in this article um, at Brownstone, talks about safety data collection should never stop as long as it's on the market, or even if it stopped being on the market. If you have reports from people, you know, why do you? you oh know, no, we don't accept that anymore. It's just not interesting. It's not relevant to anything. It's what's not adverse events to a system of of uh, injections that you're going to continue on and add infinitum if you can get away with it. Uh, the, you know, one of the, the things in here, it says now contrast that with the fact that the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, the NTA, NHTCA or whatever they saw, um, says we'll still accept a safety report for a 30 year old Ford Bronco, too. <laughs> yeah, if you got it and you got a safety issue with it, you can report it. And the NHTSA will not say, well, that's an old car and old news. We don't take reports on that anymore. It's it's just weird. You could still get the Bronco too, and and you you know you still you can still report issues with uh, safety related to it even after all these years. But the CDC says it's no longer accepting the safety reports despite rapidly increasing safety issues or findings, including post injection deaths reported to the U.S. various system since 1990, and it is like. The entirety of that, the history of that going back to 1990 is dwarfed since they've introduced the COVID injection, the mRNA and other injections related to that. I mean, we've been through this time and time and time again. It's just amazing. Well, we don't want to hear about it anymore. So check out the Brownstone Institute article at robertscottbell.com. Robertscottbell.com, all the links are up. You can sign up for the newsletter for free. We also now have a sub stack as well to get more uh, interesting articles out to you. We're working on a, a, an advanced uh, ebook e related to the chapter that I've given for free for years for Unlock the Power to Heal on healing the gut and expanding it and going in depth. And so we'll talk about how to, how to access that soon as well. And uh, well, good. I appreciate y'all being here, uh, indulging me in relating these things that I feel are important to know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, more dog owners are questioning vaccines like rabies after COVID. More than half of U.S. dog owners express concern about pet vaccines, including against rabies. This is according to a new study. And, you know, this is about time too. I've reported on, look, I've been doing the show since 1999. I, and I believe even in the first year of the show, we talked about vaccines, including those for animals, because of the incidence of the annual rabies vaccine resulting in what? cancer tumors at the site of the injections in dogs and cats. And that's where they started. You know, uh, there was a big profit center in removing like the legs, the limbs of cats and dogs where these cancers were occurring. So they said, Hey, every year you give the shot, move it around. So it's less likely to have one cancer in one spot. Now you've got it all over. Brilliant, huh? So if you're not asking questions about vaccines for animals too, 
you're not thinking. And of course, if if the world was just in that regard and there was honesty and openness and in, in, in scientific inquiry and debate and discussion, we would all be using something more akin to homeoprophylaxis to address things even like rabies and animals, which we have those remedies uh, in, in homeopathic medicine. There's a question of the day that might sort of relate to the superdon. Do we have time to squeeze that in? I think we do. I think I, I think timing-wise, it would work well to do that question of the day. Is it in the show notes? I'm going to scroll down and see. It is. Okay. Everything okay there, Super D? I know yeah, I'm just okay. trying to do too many things at one time. Are you grandpa as well today? I am today. I, no. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I won't have the kid, the grandkids. So You're free. Yay. So, well, yeah. well, not yay. But. No, not yay. All right. So a uh, veterinarian type question is, that's why I thought this, this question of the day should come up now because uh, this was a, a story about people concerned about injections for animals like rabies and other, other things. And, and uh, Lester writes in, if you can show that on screen, there it is. Yeah, Lester. He asked this, is there a reason veterinarians are not speaking out about the effects of venom poisoning on household pets? Considering the lower body weight of pets in that they are exposed to the same environmental conditions as their owners, wouldn't you expect to hear from veterinarians or are the venom peptides smart enough to poison only humans? Okay. Let's pause there because I, I think Lester's getting some pointed, uh, maybe concerns or challenges for the AGES crew. You know, we had on just yesterday, Dr. Artis, Dr. Group, Dr. Ely and Dr. Schmidt. They're presenting uh, on uh, September 8th and 9th. You can get it virtual or in person there in Dallas. Use the promo code bell, by the way. Uh, get 10 bucks off. So you got to recognize, Lester, that so few people have even yet been exposed to the venom hypothesis, the snake venom peptide and the things we've been discussing and Brian Artis brought out that I don't even think veterinarians have had, had time to even address or assess something like that in terms of vectors of uh, health degradation. But the holistic and integrative type veterinarians are certainly aware of the danger of vaccination and the cancers that have occurred because of it, those that are holistic. And many of them have begun to embrace uh, homeoprophylaxis as another method of, quote-unquote, infectious disease prevention. Uh, let's see, Lori Harvey just commented, our friend Lori. She says, let's see if I can get that up. My holistic vet doesn't vaccinate the pets that visit his clinic. Yeah, so there is an awakening and awareness among vets. But whether they go to the level of let's talk about snake venom peptides and, 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 uh, you know, what are these, what are these, uh, fat capsid structures that they've engineered? We talked about them as an electrical thing. Dr. Group brought that up yesterday as well. It's fascinating to say the least. Um, I think give it time, give it time. And of course, dose specific to the weight of animals should be considered. Oftentimes these vaccines are not altered in dose, whether they're venom peptides or not. And that also is why adverse events can be occurring more in smaller animals if they give the same dose to a, a hundred pound dog as they would a, a five pound cat or whatever, a 10 pound cat. So, so uh, why do you think the AGES team is not using Rife Tech to neutralize the root cause? Over time, this is Lester, an investment into a Rife machine should be much less expensive than buying supplements such as nicotine products, herbs, et cetera. And as new threats arise, uh, Aegis team could release frequencies that protect. Well, whether they do it or somebody else does it, you're on the right track, Lester. I agree. Look, as a homeopath, I've talked to all of them over time about, you know, the fact that I've utilized the homeopathic snake venoms as an antidote as well. 
we have those remedies, whether it is snake venom in, in, in injection or not, as I pointed out, was somewhat irrelevant as long as it matched up to the symptom picture. And yes, homeopathy is in the realm of energy medicine, as is rife, rife frequency. So I'm not disagreeing with you that that's another way to go, Lester. It's perhaps not their area of expertise or specialty, and maybe they'll expand it. I've been welcomed into the fold talking about things that I've talked about, but they all have their, you know, I'd say narrow focus within a broader context. That's part of scientific inquiry endeavor, and they come out with their perspectives and are trying to make it as simple as possible, but I don't disagree at all with the use of rife and homeopathy and things like that. Plus frequencies could be used to protect household pets. Agreed. Um, now that the AGES docs are ignoring it, I don't know they're ignoring it, but that's not their focus clearly at this point. And Rife, in my opinion, Lester, is not a complete hoax. It's very real. I have two Rife machines. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it seems like more of a, a little snarky challenge, if you will, annoyance that Lester has with yeah, the team. I, with that crew. I picked up on that as well. As well. Which uh, I, I'm guessing Lester just seems like Lester really is uh, big into the Rife technology. Yeah. And but and, you know what? On this show, we try not to. We try not to get into tribes, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have our own tribe, but right? we're a tribe uh, that's accepting of of and, and at least welcoming. being, even if it's stuff we don't agree with. Yeah, we want to learn. You know, it's just like, hey, whatever works for you type yeah, thing. So exactly. So I, I don't I don't necessarily take what you're saying, Lester, as antagonistic, even if you are trying to be antagonistic to it, if you're annoyed with them for some reason. Just a little but bit. For me, it's it's a, always a plus factor. Give them an opportunity. Give all people an opportunity to learn if they're not there where you are. Doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong or what they're doing is wrong. You have an added on option that they're not promoting at the moment. But Dr. Ed Group is as sensitive to anybody to energy medicine. Dr. Ely as well. It's just they have a different method. And, and I don't know, maybe they'll incorporate it. I haven't been to the Aegis Conference. It hasn't happened yet. Let's wait and see. Let's learn. What are they going to promote? Different things that are available uh, to everybody or for everybody. And you may still have answers that you believe are better. Let people know about it. All right. Uh, Florida, Florida Surgeon General. Let's talk about Ladapo or Ladapo. <laughs> It's Latipo. Dr. Latipo, the Surgeon General for Florida. We've had him on. We've had his wife on, who I found absolutely delightful. Uh, he is saying now that we Americans should not cooperate with mask mandates. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. 100%, dude. I like that guy even more. I already liked him. But Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo, urgent message to all Americans. Do not comply. On social media, he blasted the Biden regime for trying to resurrect the pandemic tyranny just in time for the 2024 presidential election. And again, every four years, you're going to need to do this so it can only be mail-in voting and so we can uh, basically game the system. You know, how stupid is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, really? This, 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 is, this is your strategy? Let's, uh, let's, let's bring back all of the good times of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right before the election. What? Yeah. Seems to me that would have the opposite effect of, of uh, helping you win. Mm -hmm. uh, th that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're right. I wore a snake on my shirt. I must be part of the snake venom. Yeah, look at you. Yeah. 
I'm disrupting everything now. Also, we got a comment from Sandy again. We got fired by our local holistic vet because we did our own research and questioned her game plan. Had to go to remote vet for vet care, which has its own complications. Yeah, listen, when you stand up for what's right, Super D, you know, it doesn't make life necessarily easier. The choices I've made in my life, knowing what I know, certainly wasn't the easiest path I could have taken. In many ways, it was some of the hardest, some would say stupidest things you could ever do. But to live in integrity, what would you do? What would you be willing to do? And and that's that's my path. If I find something is right or wrong, I try to live according to what I believe is right. And yeah, a lot of times it's not convenient. A lot of times it makes life harder. But I think ultimately better. And we're going to have to, by our own participation or non-participation with, for instance, veterinarians that demand fealty to their vaccine injections and their steroids, their prednisone and surgical interventions is the only way to address it. I mean, there are so many holistically inclined vets now, and I'm not saying they're everywhere, so it could be inconvenient if you live in an area where you don't have access, but you can even do some, some telemedicine with folks like Dr. Marlene Siegel and others. But yeah, they're still under the auspices of a license, so it is still a risk for them. But we've still got maturing to do in terms of healthcare delivery uh, for both humans and animals. That right now we're still stuck in the dark ages as far as the control via licensure of the medical monopoly, allopathic monopoly, allopathic veterinarianism. Veterinarianism? That's what I wanted to say. Uh, Allopathic medicine, all of that. The monopoly has crowded out doctors and non-doctors alike of all kinds to deliver support for you and your animals or for you to learn that which some of which I know and now you know about how to care for your animals with homeopathy, for instance, to preclude the need for a lot of these other interventions. So we've got some maturing to do, Super Don, still as a country, as a, as a population, as a tribe to stop relying upon these false authorities that have limited our freedom in the economic marketplace for services we would lo- gladly pay for more veterinary uh, level uh, doctors that don't vaccinate. But they're at ri- they're putting their licenses at risk, and, and that's the licensure that is a, the control over their behavior, just like we've talked about central bank digital currencies would be the control over everybody's behavior. There are various fiefdoms and thiefdoms like Fauci had at NIAID to control everybody through economics. And so the economic control of a profession is not to protect the public or the animals, but to protect the profession, the monopoly, the economics of that profession from any and all competition, from holistic and homeopathic type vets, et cetera. So there you go. All right. What else do I have to talk about here as we're wrapping up? Oh, you know what? Just a reminder about Orange Guard. For those of you, we talk about glyphosate and other pesticides. These are carcinogens. They will destroy your brain, your nervous system, your microbiome, your endocrine, your everything. Why not switch over, if you got pests and bugs, to Orange Guard? Because I got a fly in the studio. Dude, that's wild. We don't have many flies. Where are they coming from? So check that out. But anyway, orangeguard.com. You can go to your local Whole Foods. If you do go to Whole Foods, even if you don't, just to say, hey, Whole Foods. I know it's in your system. Please bring in the orange guard. We want non-toxic, safe pest control. And how about our friends at Ace Hardware? Speaking of Ace Hardware, I go to my local Ace Hardware and buy stuff, including orange guard, with gold backs. Independently owned. And they understand the value of what? Freedom in in the economy. And there's a, a daily exchange rate 
on the website at goldback.com so retailers know about what to expect. It's kind of like dealing with foreign currency, and they can give you change in Federal Reserve notes if you want. That's how it works. That's how it can work. So orangeguard.com, please say thanks to them directly and or by supporting them at Whole Foods and Ace Hardware stores everywhere, as well as one more thing. If you're already dealing with the toxic debris of a lifetime of exposure to pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, heavy metals, ionizing radiation, you might consider Folium PX. Folium PX. And that is the Chernobyl-level antioxidant. Super Don, I can't see it. All I see is orange TKO on screen. What well. Their, their website is a little slow. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, I just, well, I, I typed it in and I was like, oh, I'm just going to type it in and it'll just, just pop me up. on screen because I got the, there it is. See the full <laughs> MPX? And you can use the code RSB10 to get a discount when you order it direct. Or if you come to the Biomed Expo, that's the next place we're all going to be together. Bobbery, Oren will be there and you've got the Folium Immuno and the Folium Relax, the three pronged approach. FoliumPX.com, Chernobyl level antioxidant recovery and more. Like you said, my mom has benefited greatly. We keep hearing more stories, more doctors using it. Put it to the test. If you've hit a ceiling in your healing, break through and uh, reach out. Go to foliumpx.com. You can reach out to, to Bob Ray. He'll call you back and talk with him. And I'm getting better at understanding his, uh, uh, what is it, his Georgian accent. It was the Georgia when it was controlled by Soviet Union. Then he went to Israel and came to America, brought the folium. This is botanical. This is food. This is so profound. Um, and we talked with Judy Mikovits about it, one of the smartest scientists on planet Earth, about its important role to play in that regard, too. So uh, with that, I think we've we've come through a, a wonderful show. I want to uh, thank Kirk Elliott for joining us and hitting the economic side of these things and revealing some harsh yes realities that you need to know about so you're not caught unaware. You can't say we didn't tell you. And it isn't to tell you to frighten you, but it's to tell you that you have time to do little things every day to secure that future so you have economic freedom in the midst of all of this uh, uh, potential or actual enslavement that the globalists want to uh, uh, force you into or trick you into because it's free. We got all your free stuff, all your free money every month. And you go, yeah, that sounds great. I'm in. And then, the, and then you find out I was tricked and now they shut the door behind you and you're in that prison cell of your own making and participation. So with that, if you got any questions or comments, we'll join you again in 60 seconds or a blip faster than that if you're listening to the podcast later. This is the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you that the power to heal is yours. There's some questions about the Aegis Conference. Brian Artis, Gretel says, I'm interested, but I can only do it online. Once purchased, would I have access to a video to watch whenever I have time? Use the code Bell to get the discount. As far as I know, yes. In fact, it includes access to all of the documentation that they're going to release to you directly. So, yeah, you'll have ongoing access to that. So I think it's a worthwhile investment uh, and, uh, you know, part of the learning and training for all of us to say, you know what, we've got to expand our, our view of what's going on and how to, how to combat it. Uh, so, yeah, do take part in that. Gretel, I think you'll be richly rewarded for doing it and all that you'll learn and, and be able to apply. Uh, let's see what else we got in the chat room. Choose folium, not petroleum. That's a good one. <laughs> That's Steve. Way to go, Steve. He comes up with the good ones. Uh, 
And let's see, Sherry Edwards. Oh yeah, this is an interesting comment uh, from Steve. Just like with Sherry Edwards bioacoustics, the frequencies are very effective, but for detoxing, particular herbs and supplements can also be very important. You know, and th and that is the reality of having a physical body uh, for that um, that rife uh, rife fan, a fan of rife technology. It doesn't mean we abandon all material stuff too. You know, we have like like the police song was it? We are spirits in the material world. We still have a body to address and take care of. Although energetic medicine, I believe, is the critical missing component in so much of our recovery. That was Sting during his was solo Sting? career. Yeah. That, that wasn't po the police? I don't think that was the, the police, world? but I could be wrong. Where's DJ Katie Organic? She would, she would know. know. She knows all the music. Uh, but the point is there's, uh, there's you know, evidence for need to eat food, too, while you're here in this body. So herbs, supplements, plant medicinals, things like that are also a valid part of addressing uh, these issues. Um and I'm an energetic guy, but I still do my cardio miracle every day. And As do I. Yeah. So what else? And when I can, I eat a half a half a, a bag of uh, uh, apricots in one sitting. Yeah. If those pickles are as good as I think they're going to be when you send them, I'm going to yeah. have to send you some more apricots. Yeah. They're very addicting. You can't yeah. just eat one. Dude, <laughs> it's awesome. kind of like a, like a, what was that? The. The Pringles chips or whatever, yeah. or Lay's. I can't remember what that. Yeah, but there's no MSG. Was. I promise, no MSG Correct. in this. No. Uh, I, I just, my wife said in the because we were going through the freezer this morning, uh, planning for the Labor Day weekend and stuff, and she found some more of the apricots that we froze. We had so many we couldn't freeze dry them fast enough. There, it wasn't mm. enough time in the day, so we're like cutting them up and freezing them, and then we'll bring them out, put them on the trays, and freeze dry them from there. So we thought we had completed it, and apparently she found another bunch of apricots we hadn't gotten to yet. Nice. So it's even more. So it's really cool. I could use those as currency trade. There you stuff. go. Exactly. Hey man. Barter. Cool. Barter is good. Those Barter would be good. Barter is good. All right. Any, uh, anything going on Rumble or anywhere else today? No, we had one. Uh, hey, how are you from Marge at the oh, beginning of the show? Hey, Marge. I don't know if she's still here. Kate Daly might be on. Okay. <laughs> that could happen. Let's see, ban the jab resolution in Florida. When we get to that, we have uh, Jonathan E. Moore scheduled for tomorrow uh, live. There's an, a good article about the FDA can do whatever it wants. I think that's right up Jonathan's, uh, let's say, wheelhouse. A, a Substack, I think, uh, official, oh, criticallythinking.substack by John Draws, D-R-O-Z, Jr. These are people discovering what we've known for years, what Jonathan E. Moore has known for years. That's why I think it's different when he gets into the U.S. Senate, if everybody supports him and helps him get there, the things he'll accomplish couldn't be accomplished when Ron Paul was a congressman. Not because Ron Paul was wrong. It's just that the people weren't ready to hear it. They didn't acknowledge what he was aware of, too. And when Jonathan gets in there, there'll be no argument or little to no argument other than from authoritarians of what's gone wrong. And, of course, when he proffers the way to, to fix it, he has the credibility to show people exactly why that will work so again this is something we're planning to do a telethon a three-hour tour telethon uh, on our monday show i think the 18th of uh september coming up so a few weeks away not long two and a half weeks or so from now so i'd urge you to support him if you haven't already at that point in time we're going to do a, something special with mike adams and me and a bunch of other our friends on the air live Okay. If it's all quiet, we don't have to stick around. Bonus round is just bonus round for a reason. So like it's a bonus. Some, yeah. We didn't cover. Did I cover? I think I. I think I got to everything. We hit everything. Yeah. That's pretty good. 
We did the question of the day. We did indeed. So, all right. So tomorrow, you already previewed tomorrow. And then if we're lucky, mm -hmm. we got Michael Bolden on Friday. Well, yeah, I'm hoping because, uh, you know, now that I'm not traveling that day, again, if you didn't get the memo, uh, the fortunately, the Cancer Control Conference Convention in Lendale canceled. So uh, the good news, bad news, you know, good news, we get to go live and I get a home weekend on Labor Day weekend and get to cook out with the family, get a lot of stuff done. You know, bad news, of course, there are a lot of people that won't get that direct information in such a setting. So hopefully we'll be able to try again another time. But we do have a number of upcoming events and they're listed at the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. The next one officially is the Biomed Expo. Super done. We got to find that one Patriot event to add into the mix. Uh, that one I did a video. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about that after we're off the air. Yeah. And I'll and, see if I can uh, locate the something to find put out up where there. these stupid flies are coming from. Gotta be like a fly mating uh, ritual going on outside, and they're getting in. I don't know. I'm not used to seeing flies. <laughs> anyway, Linda Walker. Linda Walker just sent me an email saying that she had found mm -hmm. a gem at an antique store, uh, and it was only five bucks. Okay. And a gem, G E M. That, that gem, yes. Like a. A precious gem. Not like a literal, in the literal sense. No, it was a book. Oh, oh, I understand. The Complete the, Holistic Dog Book. Who wrote that one? Can you see that? I can't see it up top. Uh, let's see here. Hold the on. authors are listed at the top of that book. There it is. Jan Allegretti and Katie Summers, DVM. There you go. Yeah, there are a number of books on, on cat and, and dog health and other things holistic. So, again, that also empowers you to take care of them without veterinary intervention to some degree. So that's great. I think there was a second photo here. Too many things to click on. Ah. Did Gretel send there that? There we go. No, Linda. Linda Walker. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, look, it covers holistic lifestyle, wholesome diet, homeopathy. Yeah, look at that. Herbs, acupressure, body work. Energy medicine. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The well, new. we got to do this stuff. That's why Unlock the, the Power to Heal was written to give people the ability to do things they didn't think they could do. Yeah. And you can that's a cool find. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thanks for, that. for sharing that. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, that's all I've got. So let me uh, ask you. So now Marge, wait, no, hold on. Marge, what? Marge replied on Rebel. Uh huh. She said, You know me well. <laughs> <laughs> you and Kate are a must listen. You guys know your stuff. We well, got to connect with Kate for sure. I know we're yeah. now connected on Twitter, but uh, we haven't done the show exchange yet. So we'll have to work on that. Ah, yeah, there's always something more. Now, let me ask you again. We're on Wednesday, heading into Thursday, Friday, then the Labor Day weekend. Now that I'm not having to uh, work, do, we got to think about a Sunday conversation, which I still like to do if we can, yep. uh, as well as we got to determine if we're going to go live Monday or if we're going to take a day off. Like you said, joking with me, because I don't like to take days off, even though they're good for us sometimes. <laughs> And are you doing anything? Is there any plans for the family? No plans. Again? Yeah. Just chilling no around yep. the house? Okay. We'll figure something out. I'm sure, uh, you know, my, my daughter, mm -hmm. Laura, who I've talked about for years. Yep. She uh, and her future husband um, bought a house just not too terribly long ago. Nice. And so she's been doing the entertaining thing. They've got a smoker and all that stuff. Like that. So there's a chance i'll have to talk to her and see maybe we'll end up over at her place okay 
like smoking some uh, some brisket, some brisket or something. Yeah, yeah. she uh, just recently she's had this smoker for a while, mm-hmm. but she loves using it, and I love it when she uses it too. Nice, I'm um, sure you do. I gave her, I just gave her a second round the other day, but she took a load of tomatoes from the garden, mm-hmm. jalapenos from the garden, and a couple of big onions from the garden. Yeah. And she uh, smoked everything and made a salsa with it. Mm-hmm. It was really, it's, yeah, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but she told me how good it is. Yeah. But I want to try it, so I know how good it is, but. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you can smoke pretty much anything in a smoke, I mean. Yeah. I saw somewhere so that you could make a cake in a smoker. I was like, I don't know if I want a smoked cake. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't sound right. All right. Diane Lockwood's asking about a book for cats. Uh, holistic kitten care. Found a young feral kitten about a pound in weight. Apparently a lot of fleas. Now, fleas are indicative of the lack of health of an animal. You know, they're they're infested. So, obviously, getting that kitten on a, a species-appropriate healthy diet detoxifying their liver i would say homeopathy would be a great way to go as mira holistic animal care out of uh, tucson arizona is a, a resource i've used for years as mira it might be as mira.com a-z-m-i-r-a.com or reach out to uh um dr marlene siegel as well she's in the tampa topically area. there's a lot of things that are natural that you can use mm-hmm. yeah Lori's I, talking about like the delimiting. I mean that 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 works. Yeah, be careful with cats and, and orange. You know, as we've talked about that, yeah. but I haven't had a problem with it. But there is, yeah, there are other essential oils that you can use. But clean up the diet and the and the liver of the cat. Support the detox pathways, um, and uh, you know they'll recover, and the fleas will not be as as uh, affectionate to that cat, so to speak. Steve put out something else, kitten care book recommendations. See this, perplexity.ai, holistic kitten care book recommendations. All right, so there's something in the chat room there that uh, you can follow up on. Um, Putting things out to pasture. Uh, I'd have to say that Senator Mitch McConnell is lo- long overdue mm, to be done. Yeah, you saw that video. He, huh? had, a, he had another, I, I would say a TIA or something was going on, dude. He was just not there for a while. And uh, it's like him and Pelosi and all these old folks. It's like time to move Feinstein. on. I'm sorry. Now, Feinstein, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Come on, get out. And hey. how about Biden? Come <laughs> on. Yeah. I mean, let's just be real. Really? Come on, guys. Well, and then we're not being ageist. We're being, no. you know, their capacity for actual full functionality. We're not is, spring is chickens ourselves, but, you know, it's, it's just there's yeah. got to be a limit, of some, especially when this is the guy that's supposed to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And he opens his mouth and doesn't, you know, realize what is coming out, you know? Yeah. Shaking hands with invisible people and can't, you know, find his way off of a stage. I and mean, it's just. Anyway, 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 we can talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow's right. politics day. A little bit of politics, one hour nope. anyway. Do we have nope. a second hour uh, uh, planned? We yeah. do not. Okay. So if you guys have suggestions or comments or questions, drop them in. We'll try to get to them tomorrow on the show, less than 22 hours from now, God willing. Thank you all for your participation. Thanks to our new patron supporters. And uh, you're really helping us do what we love to do, and that is to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you.